Episode 456 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street Boiler Free podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Um, today Hello. we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 1st and the 5th of February 2020. That's episodes 10,237 to 10,242. Exciting stuff. How are you doing, everybody? You alright? Gemma's a bit tired today. You can tell from the voice. Feeling a bit, feeling a bit exhausted, Gemma? Deadline day, everybody. I'm over it. Can we can we just before we do our quiz, I don't know, you've got an amazing quiz for me. Um put a little I put bit about of... as much effort into the quiz as I am talking at the moment. Well, I am going to promote our Patreon oh, competition. Promote it. Yes. Everybody, there is still time to enter our Patreon competition. You've still got a couple of weeks left. You could win the awesome top prize of, well, only prize, of the one-year Patreon subscription for Conversation Street, which means that you get your name on the blog, you get something in the post, you get... Yeah, you get all a the couple o- of things in the post. You do. You get your um, monthly bonus top pod, top five episodes. You get, you get, all you the get episodes a shout-out on done. the episodes. You do. You get loads. It's amazing. It's a great prize. Don't you want to win it? Yes, you do. Well, all you need to do is guess a number. And that number is the length of all the Conversation Street episodes between episode one, back in 2012, and episode 454, which was just a couple of weeks ago. Any number will do. I don't know. Minutes, hours, seconds, years, whatever unit of time you want to give a guess at just no, email universally us. agreed upon internationally used method of time please not parsecs or i was thinking parsecs <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah just email it to us if you go email to conversationstreet at gmail.com with the header patreon competition and just put your guess in there you might be right well no yeah if you were exactly right that'd be amazing you might be close, and close is all you need to be, because the person who gets the closest by the 19th of February, which is the deadline, will get that amazing competition prize, which has been donated by a very special and lovely anonymous donor. Thank you very much to them. So get your entrance in, everybody. There's no harm in trying, is there? Go on. Give it a go. You know, it's very controversial to describe Parsecs as a unit of time, because it's also distance. Is it Star Trek? It's Star Wars. Oh, okay. And he never really know. explained which it was. And they've been arguing about it for years, just like who definitely, shot first. Definitely don't um, send your, your answers in that, everybody. Minutes or hours will be fine. Right. Can um, we do a quiz now? We can do the quiz. I've got nothing else to talk about this week. It's been well, it normal, seem to... normal week. Just because you've got nothing to say, I don't think it's going to stop you from talking. I will blabber right on. <laughs> I will. Right. Here you go. Here's my quiz that I did today. Thank you. 1st to the 5th of February, years ending in a 1 and 6, sources from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Are you going to score yourself? Yes, I will score oh, myself. Right, I've got okay, a piece of paper, I've got a, I've got a post-it then. note and a pen. 1st of February, 1961, what part of the street does the council decide to demolish? Uh, what part of the street? Uh, um, I, mm. It's obvious, isn't it? Is it? Uh, Mission Hall? Amazing no. Nets. They just caught on 1961. Fire. Maybe it's just 1971. 1971, you big cheat. That was 1971. I'm not cheating, I'm just being incompetent. Uh, unfair, I'm not going Can to I mark anything. Can I say that there is that. a difference between being incompetence and malicious cheating? Not, yeah. 1st of February 1991. Which character arrives from head office to investigate fra
Oh, must be Brendan Scott. Yeah. We've been watching Brendan Scott recently. He's been great, hasn't he? We've got yeah. to him on the DVDs. We've just seen him um, pop his clogs recently. Sad. Don't spoil it. Sad, so sad. We, we saw him for like three or four episodes. And um, he, he speaking of Star Wars as well, because the, yeah, the actor in was in that as well. Got and killed. Yeah, he, he piqued your interest, did oh, old I Brendan. I love him. I absolutely love him. He's my favourite character. Um, <laughs> he was only so, in 30-odd episodes. So that was... Yeah. So... So if they had blown if they had blown up the Masonettes in 1961, that would have been quite impressive, wouldn't it? Like three months were, in, they're like, we need to shake this up. Considering there this were no Masonettes to blow up in like, January 1961. First of February 2016. Now I'm second guessing all of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny is a no show at the O'Driscoll's dinner party. So which song does Eva sing to in- entertain them? Hey, Big Spender. Yeah, I think it's just called Big Spender, but I'm not going to give you a laugh that. She had a sexier address. I mean, her. Nice red dress. Oh. <laughs> that nice and <laughs> Jessica Rabbit dress. Yeah. Oh, Eva, we miss you. And your uh, lovely dresses. Okay. Um, 2nd of February, 1996. Who tells Josie Clark they saw Ivy's ghost? Sarah Louise Platt. Sarah. Oh, of course Very it confident. was. Sarah Louise. Sarah Louise did also say that she saw the ghost. Oh, but she so. probably... How old was she, though? She must have been, like... Young. Not quite young enough, not quite old enough to have a baby, a couple of years after that. Having not, I don't have my own children, but I do know of them. I've heard about them, but my major contact with them is through Reddit posts and listicles of people saying, top 10 scary things your children have said. And so as far as I'm concerned, they're all haunted all the time. (laughs) Which sounds absolutely amazing. It's more sensitive to these things I think than beyond ch- our, our ken. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the time it's this, they're just like tiny drunk humans, aren't they? Or they're tripping on something. They're just a load of bunch of liars. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> right, taking a different tack there, are you? That's fair enough. You've got more experience. 3rd of February 1971. Funeral of Val Barlow. And the final appearance of which character whose actor died exactly seven weeks after recording the episode. Oh, that, that is a good bit of trivia. Thanks. That's probably... I've got another bit of trivia later as well. <sighs> so much trivia. 1971. Yeah. Was... No. <laughs> no, couldn't have been. It wasn't not... Frank Barlow, was it? it? What's the answer? Frank Barlow. Yes. Yes. Was How do I know Frank that? Barlow? Was Frank You'd Barlow. be kicked off... Master I wouldn't mind. because even what's the one? Jeremy Paxman is not as what? cool as you. Does Does, isn't mastermind? there? What's the one no. where you have to answer in the form of a you question? You'd be good at that. Is it Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Yeah. You'd be good at that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> who was Frank Barlow? <laughs> the person who who appeared seven weeks we before should, we he should died. We should do a round one week in Jeopardy style. I've never watched oh, an episode God. of Jeopardy. I no, don't I haven't know either. Americans love it. Yeah, I've heard they do. 4th of February 2011, Rosie goes to a mother and baby photo shoot with her half-brother Jack. But what is the issue? Is a problem. Um, she brings home the wrong child. Yes. What a ditz. Ah, so funny and ironic considering the actress has got such great maternal <laughs> instincts. I don't... She must be ready to drop that baby soon, old Helen. Well, she's she put, better make she's sure she's all her put... Instagram photos with her, with her baby belly. Put a tag in its ear. So you can always make sure you got the right one, like a, like a cow. 5th of February 2006. Who does Kelly Crabtree meet at the police station in the first appearance of this actor as this character, 
but not the first time the character appeared. Uh, I'm going to say Becky Granger. Correct! Well done. Do you know who she was first played by? Uh, I do not. No. She was played by Amanda Terrell in two, August 2005, and previously the actress in 2005 in January played unnamed shoplifter. Nice. Which I is quite funny me. because um, later on, Kelly, not Kelly. Becky. Becky was just being there as a shoplifter. Oh. So they really, really wanted... A cyclical or something. Becky to be a shoplifter, even before she was conceived as a character, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Right. 5th of February 2016, when the own Driscolls agree to a real woman modelling campaign, who do they pick as their real woman? Um, I don't remember this one. I assume not, um, not Eva. Uh, oh, who's a real woman on the street back then? Um, I think it's a bit of a misnomer. Is it? Well, I think any time you, ha- you have a te- television show where you've selected attractive women to appear on it for their model-like good looks and then you say, let's do a real woman modelling campaign. Yeah, it's a bit nice. like that when you have a makeover movie and you t- just take the lady's cardigan and glasses <laughs> off and go, now she's hot, look at that. And you I, believe can't, I can't it. remember who else was involved in that story, but I can't remember. I remember quite um, vividly who this was. It wasn't... No. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm going to say Sinead, but I don't think it was. No, because she wasn't even in it back then. Anna Windas. <laughs> oh, go on. It's Sinead. It was Sinead, I said Sinead. She was in it back You're then. You're going to give yourself oh, a mark. I said Sinead, that no. was my first one. I'm no. scoring my... You don't get the mark. Oh, of self-deltered. Eva got annoyed and um, a- a- Adrian? <laughs> Aiden said... Um, we can't have you as the real woman oh, because yeah. everyone will think you're a model. That um, you, that was 2016. You said, wasn't it? For some, of course, Sinead was in it back then. I thought you said 2011. Oh, what a fool I am! Can't get it right, can I? Today, either you, I say the wrong thing, or you hear the wrong thing. God, next, I'm doing all right. Fifth <laughs> of February, two thousand. This is the final question. Oh, it's okay. a multi-parter. So do I get two marks? Fifth of February, two thousand sixteen. Eva discovers a factory intruder. And I want to know who, what, how, ah. and why. <laughs> uh, it was Marta. Yeah. One point. <laughs> what was the second question? <laughs> what? A, well, a Polish slave. <laughs> yeah, I've got that written down. And why? Um, why was she actually there? Yeah. Um, es- escaping the Adriscals? Yeah. Don't want to be a slave. Don't want to be a slave? Yeah. No. How? How what? How? Well, how did she discover her? How did she get there? Stowed away in a van. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was just, from now on, I would just be like, 5th of February, Marta. Who, what, why, where, when? <laughs> um, I got 9 out and of 11 how? there. And I didn't give anything for that first mark. Could you go the year wrong? <sighs> not bad. Not bad at all this week. Can't be relied upon is the... Is really all you can deduct. I'm pleased with myself, but would I do as well as the special guest on our bonus podcast this birthdays? week? Which is yeah, I'm just trying to segue into my bonus podcast. Why plug. I'm doing birthdays? Because oh, I'm. T- did we get an interview with the Corey Superfan on the do. bonus? We do. I want to give him his due, but I'm doing birthdays. Go on then. I, I apologise for interrupting me. you while you're in your stride. Go on. You know, right? My brain is like a tortoise at the moment. Okay, and when the tortoise starts to get going. If you try to distract them or move them, it's going to take them 
ages to get back to where they were originally. <laughs> Is that what tortoises are well known for? Being highly distractible? No, they're, they're slow. So if you, if you distract them, make them go somewhere else, it's going to take twice as long. Okay, okay. Go on then, I apologise. It's just logic, Michael. It's not biology. Who they're has two different things. My birthday this week. 7th of February, Stuart Wolfenden, who played Mark Casey. And Jackson Hodges' dad. Of Lest We Forget. Yes. Do you remember his earring when he was Mark Casey? I can't Casey. forget it. 8th of February, <laughs> Glenn Hugill, who played Alan McKenna. Oh, he's on, he's on ITV3 right at the moment. He's getting married to Fiona. That's what he thinks. 9th of February, Barbara Young, who played Doreen Fenwick. And Alan Rothwell, who played David Barlow. Oh, she was also Doreen Fenwick. She was the one that played Martin Platt's mum that we saw recently. And we said, who's that? She's been someone else in Coronation Street. You remember? Ugh. Of course you remember. Who was the last one? <laughs> uh, David Barlow. Alan Rothwell. Oh, he's great. I love him. He, he Doesn't he look like he was, like, how many people are in the monkeys? Four. He looks like the fifth member of the monkeys that never quite got over to America because he died in Australia. In a horrible car <laughs> 11... Oh, Alan Rothwell. He's still going, you know. Is he? Yes, he he's still alive and kicking. Still got those baby cheeks, I imagine. <laughs> 11th of February, Brian Capron, who plays Richard Hillman. Mm-hmm. Got to amuse myself, haven't I? Sir Khan, who plays Ali Nazir. You've got to amuse all our listeners, Gemma, come on. Sir Khan, is it? Yeah. She is well, Bon be... Aniva, Sarah, to her. It's going to be... 52. <laughs> <laughs> One day. George May Foot, he played Katie Armstrong. Dead. Character, not <laughs> And finally, we've got Jenny McAlpine, who plays. Oh, I love Jenny McAlpine, she's great. Bez. The Stape. Yes. Brilliant. Bloody hell. As I was saying. Yes, guess what, everybody? We've got a bonus thing. It's we really have got great. an interview with our bonus podcast this week. Uh, we, don't, we don't usually um, interview fans of the podcast, but this was somebody who got in touch with us. Um, this is a professional fan. This is a professional fan. It's somebody who got in touch with us about three months or so ago. I think it was after they saw you in, um, in the magazine when you were around for the 60th. And uh, he said, oh, I wanna, I've, I've he been... Said, I'm better than that. I, yeah, he, he said, I've, I'm a better fan. I've been a curry tour this. guide. Should've I think anything. I have got tales to tell. And Should've he does. Even... I can't even know when the amazing nights were. And he's got amazing merchandise down. collection. And he's got a Facebook yeah, group of his the, own. See, he so would have definitely stuff, I think. been able to do the please send us a picture of you and all your stuff. He would, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, do, where's that picture? Do we have that picture? What, a picture of him in his stuff? Yeah. Um, That's what you're supposed to do if you're a journalist and you hear that there's a Crow fan who wants to be interviewed. <laughs> I would I like a picture of you and pictures. your stuff. Just, just in... It's like um, when you know somebody's got a hostage and you're like, right, I need a picture of them with today's paper. Yeah. Otherwise you don't believe them. Could be lying. Well, he is, yeah, he's our guest on a bonus podcast this week. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, then get yourselves over there and listen or just download it or whatever. It's good. Right. Should we talk about this week's Coronation Street? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, street talk for this week then. And I think I quite liked Curry this week. I, I liked it. I liked it. It was good. Do you like it? Find out, I know. Find out whether Gemma likes it. Yet again, I've made my decision. I think I even know what score I'm going to give it, and it's like we haven't even started talking about it yet. It was good. And we're going to start off with what I personally found the best storyline of the week, which was that Oh My God story, um, which is sadly missing from today's episode. I thought I, was, I really enjoyed all the Asher and Nina stuff on Monday and Wednesday, and um, sadly we had to... Yeah. I wouldn't say that it was replaced with anything worse on Friday, but I, I, I that momentum... After, after that, we got... 
I've called, over. I've called this story line pull over, and I don't know whether that's just supposed to be about, like, pull over or, or the jumper or pull over. <laughs> like, pull over, says the policeman. But, or, or it might just be all over. I don't know. It's pull over is the next story. And speaking of awful... My, my storyline tells dreadful this week. Jacob's badder. <laughs> it makes me laugh. <laughs> or mule face, but then that's just a podcast that's reference. That's a deep cut. That is a proper It's deep not cut. a podcast reference. It was on... It was on Curry. But I don't think anyone other than podcast listeners have got um, an affinity. I think you... I don't think you understand, Michael. Those t-shirts were like worth 50 quid (laughs) each. Uh, We have got Johnny Jailbird coming up next. Um, And then a storyline title which could still be used to describe the Johnny story. uh, Petering out. Both... Both about um, husbands that seem to be on their last legs. Doddering husbands. What a great thing for me to look forward to. partners. Ties heads, Alina Spin. (laughs) Terrible this week. I put no effort into this at all this week. Although I do like lovely gay dead. (laughs) I wonder if people... Story of of, of poor Ted Page who's gone. No, why we keep calling him lovely gay Ted. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, was it? It was lo- literally good. in the last 12 months that oh, he was okay, referred good. to as Are you sure? It feels Ted. like we've been calling him that for years. No, it's not. It's, it's recent. Audrey got drunk and referred to him as lovely gay Ted. Yes. And, and we also got a, me- a mention of Ted Sullivan in tonight's episode as well. It was like the Ted Talks episode of Coronation Street. This Here one. we go. Um, right, I'm going to start with the Oh My God story. Just, just FYI, everybody, Michael Googled TED Talk just to see if they were a thing. No, I knew that TED Talk <laughs> was a thing because I've been what asked to you... watch one or two for work. What I didn't did you... know that everybody knows. Oh, I thought you it was thought a secret a club secret for teacher, teacher. talks. What did, you, what did you learn about? How to be an inspiring leader of young minds. Oh, God, you didn't, of... you didn't watch it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> bored. Oh my gosh, Gemma, what's been going on at the Allahans? Well, <laughs> Ardy starts off, although this doesn't really go anywhere, thinking that they should be delivering groceries for the shop. He's not I wrong. am loving you, Ardy. He's amazing. Ardy is what Chesney used to it. be like. Uh, no, well, he's Ch- better he's than... more switched on. Yeah, he totally he is. He is motivated. You know he what's is, but he's also, he's also a bit... Is he a bit rubbish? I don't he's know whether he is. I think... He's just overly keen. He's like, describe, he's new. The best way to describe our Ardy... Because he's a bit of a plonker. He is a total plonker and um, I love him that for is, it. Yeah, we, I, prefer, I prefer someone who's a bit of a plonker. I think it's sweet. He's so enthusiastic. He's going to make mistakes. But he'll learn as he goes. But I, what I also love about it is that the old Ardy was also a plonker. But that seems but to be like... In a different, unmotivated <laughs> way. Yeah, just like an intentional plonker. I will never get better than this kind of um, plonker. Um, he, yeah, I think this is a good idea because I do remember at the beginning of lockdown... A few tip shops did this around our way. Mm. They started putting like random grocery items on their. Well, I mean, back lists. back in the day, um, like corner shops used to do that. Anyway, we we just seen Brendan Scott, haven't we? On on um on on classic Coronation well Street that. doing his bike ride. Well, yeah, exactly. And that was that was back in the very beginning of Coronation Street. Victorian inspired. They used to, and they still had counter service. They used to just drop a list around of what they wanted, and then they'd yeah. box them up and bring it round. Yeah, too lazy these days. We've gone back. Anyway, Deb is not into this idea, um, and also Ash is there asking if Nina can come over for dinner. Um, and I think where we left it last week was Nina was uh, uh, Ash was getting a little bit woo-hoo-hoo about Nina paying her all those compliments, wasn't she? I am really loving. How like sweet and 
<sighs> vulnerable and kind of a bit silly all the teens are apart from the evil ones but you know what i mean like <laughs> like uh nina um asha's gone all a, all a bit gooey hasn't she and yeah. and arlie's just like i'm gonna be the next alan sugar the alahans like they, they, they can do, wrong, can do no wrong yet um so speaking of it's nina 2021 the year of the alahan Yes, it yeah, is. I said it, it was that. going to be. I said it was going to be. Yeah. Speaking of Nina, now just in case they wanted to drop any more, you know, hints to the viewers if we hadn't seen it coming already about her possible sexuality, no. she is sketching sexy ladies That's in undies for the factory. It's her job. I know, but I think they chose to make her do it for reasons. I think you're well, she's, saying she's it's, also... you're saying you're saying it's um, it's the shows giving us a hint rather than look at Nina. Only a lesbian would draw pants. Something That's like what you're that, trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know what you're trying to say then. I, don't f- um, I didn't look like, at the pants. I wasn't looking. I was looking very hard at Nina's sketches, and Why she's not very happy with the them. Ardi, Asha thinks they're wonderful, and then later on, just to cement this, Anna shows uh, Asha some. Oh, was ne- it Alina? Nina. I've written Alina here. No, Nina sure. shows Alina. I think it's probably Asha. I don't think Alina left number 13 this week. Nina shows Asha some racy Victorian gothic art to see if that got her motor going. I'm pretty sure it was Asha, but Alina would have been like, oh, how lovely. <laughs> I don't remember. In my country, you'd be killed for showing that out in public. <laughs> Corey comes into the cafe wanting to speak to Asha, and um, he's trying to get Asha to go back to him, but um, but he still tells... He, he, he kind of um, flounders by telling her that... He flubs it by saying that a choker's still rubbish. So she's like, well, do one then. We're well, so it, over. Doesn't go with your, with your outfit. Doesn't go with your school uniform, really, Asha. This is like when I remember I fell in love with these shoes and they, I really loved them. I thought they were great. And in retrospect, they were hideous, but they were grey. And I wore them with a pair of brown trousers and I thought no one would see them because they were like those voluminous, massive, bell-bottomy trousers that were fashionable at the time. Yeah. And um, then I had to get on a stage and everyone could see them because I was this fabric was swishing around. I looked like a right prat. I also don't understand the logic of wearing shoes that I thought looked good that nobody could see. But mm. we learn, just like Ardy, we learn as we go. I, I have to say, I don't, I mean, she can wear a choker, whatever she wants. I'm not going to dictate what women wear. But I did. <laughs> you better not stop, buddy. I'm not Jeff. But I do, <laughs> I also do not think that the choker looks the best on Asha. I don't think it really suits her with her her outfit just so well it didn't suit the fact that she's wearing a school uniform no but if i was Corey trying to get back um with her i probably wouldn't mention it i'd just overlook it well this is the arrogance of Corey and his um his patriarchy Mm. thinking he thinking that anybody cares no not just thinking that he can tell you what to do but thinking that you should care what he thinks yeah um, Nina's there flutting her eyelashes in the background. Nina's fluttering <coughs> at Asha, not. Yes, not at Corey, not Corey. At Corey. She's going, hmm. uh, and then and then there was a, a, a nice little scene with them later because Asha, they're just hanging around the cafe all day, aren't they? Because Asha's working there now, working and studying, and Asha's mm. trying to get Nina to upsell studying this Nina. woman who's been coming there for years. And what what's she having? No, a... she's she comes in, she oh. wants, she has a tuna sandwich and, and some hot water. Right. You remember this so well? I do because it's to do with food. <laughs> And she's like, oh, you know what my dad would say, you should upsell her to, to get some um, coffee. And then Nina points out that the the woman is in a minute going to ask if she can wrap the sandwich because she's too full. But the insinuation is that she can't afford to buy food for later. So she's going to have half an hour, half later. Right. And she can't afford to have a cup of 
coffee because it's too expensive and they would rather have the custom and have you know be kind to this woman and accommodate her needs that's right it's all about money. i know my customers even though it was also about five minutes it's also about being kind and compassionate and yes. and not not seeing people as money but seeing them as individuals and well and asha then teaches nina about suspended coffees yeah um so they're they're, they're just they're just and bonding. what are they that is when you pay for a coffee for somebody who comes in later and can't pay for it. Yes. Something like that. I, I learned this to be this thing. So um, they're getting on very nicely anyway. And Nina's telling Asha she's great. And then Asha gets closer to her. Definitely closer than two metres. It was, um, that was our, that was our first, I'm going to say first scene of Coronation Street trying the whole, let's make it look like they're not socially distancing. Um, Didn't work. It did not work at all. It was, it seemed... It was painfully, standoutishly, glaringly obvious. <laughs> that they were just kind of skewing along. Yeah. And uh, they weren't really looking at each other properly I think somehow. It, I, I think how the, that happened. No, they, they, they didn't look like they had eye contact. I think right. Nina did a better job than Ash. I think Molly, Molly was better than, than Tanisha at it. But it I'm the, not even going to say... It, it didn't look like they were near each other. No. And the, the thing is, the fact that they weren't near each other... We we obviously knew that they wouldn't have been near each other, so that um, takes me out of it, and then it oh. makes it even more noticeable. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it, it was yeah, I, I hated that. I can't believe how much. Also, I have to apologise to everybody that I complained so much about the possibility that they would end up at snogging and whatever, and I totally forgot. Of course, they can't. <laughs> Um, let's hope that there is social distancing until they're like completely over each other <laughs> physically, and they're just like really good. Another couple will come along, Gemma. Just like we are now. Never kiss. Never touch each other. No. <laughs> Two metres distance has been maintained in this house for at least five years. <laughs> um, and it, but apparently, they, they, yeah, they kiss off screen, don't they? Um, it was weird. It was I, weird. It was, i tell you what it reminded me of. They had and to you, tell us they kissed. Do you think this... Um, um, if you have ever played a Japanese game where the story is told to you with a character coming in on the right-hand side with text and another character comes on the left-hand side with text yeah. and then they sort of disappear and then they come back. Mm. That's what it reminded me of, like, characters bobbing in and out of, like, <laughs> the screen and, like, moving backwards and forwards. Yeah. It felt like they were cut out and they were just kind of moving along. And then they did it again. Yeah, they did. There were a couple of scenes of it, weren't they? And it was, it was kind of annoying because this was, like, a really... It was um, an important impactful moment. moment. Really important. Everyone really, was waiting really for was. this. Some, you know, some people more excited about the concept of this relationship than other people for, for different reasons. Um, I don't know so how I'm else... kind of annoyed. I don't know how they could have done it. We really could have, I think so. I saw somebody suggest that they film it behind Molly's head and see Tanisha coming towards... I, 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 don't, I don't know, really, but... I mean, to be fair, I think take, I'm taking they have long. had six months to, to work it out. Yeah, and this is what we got. Just don't, just don't use this technique again because it didn't work. But that, saying. but I think that they used it with David and, and Nick on the bench today. We that was different because no, I didn't see it. It was split screen, the kitchen, but they, they weren't looking at each other. No, no, they they weren't. And then they spent a lot of the rest of the scene just here's David and here's Nick and here's David and here's Nick. But yeah, we, we, we've, we've think, taken too think, long on this, but it, it didn't look but good. But I think people, do it, even if you work in, in in TV or film, underestimate 
how expressive the human eye is and how easy it is to tell that somebody's not looking where that they're supposed to be looking. <laughs> and this has been the problem with CG for, for years, isn't it? Do you think it? they had and a green just... tennis ball on a stick? Hang over here. Like oh, googly no, eyes at this. goth girlfriend, look. Yeah. Um, anyway, Asha's kind of embarrassed about it afterwards, but <laughs> Nina doesn't care. She's not phased by anything, and I love it. Because, yeah, she... She's like, it's cool, whatever. Well, Nina doesn't reciprocate. This is the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and before they can really talk about it, Roy comes downstairs and says, Asha's doing so well at the cafe, she can stay on and work here. Um, yeah, so basically, they sort of... Ki- Asha kissed Nina. Yeah. And then Nina was like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And then and then Roy comes in mm. and says, guess we pie, anybody? Yeah, so that, that's it anyway. Ash is, Ash is um, on cloud nine for the rest of the episode, basically. Dev's all there saying, "What do you, don't you get any training or breaks or anything? Ash doesn't care. She gets to spend a day with a, with a new crush, Nina. Wednesday, though. Um, two, the, 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 the Alahan stuff was, was fantastic on Wednesday, partly because of Ardy and Evelyn's business review scenes. But then also because of Asher and Dev, they were firing all, on all cylinders on this, honestly. so the, They had everything. The, they had the, comedy and drama in the Asher household. Yes, they Asher did. Household. Alahan household. <laughs> so Ad is preparing to do Evelyn's business review, or Evelyn, as he kept calling her throughout the episode, and she didn't correct him. Um, and I really hate this. Why? There should be some universally agreed upon way to pronounce characters' names, because we still get Yasmin... And Yasmin. Well, I I remember when Evelyn came into it, and a, a few she people called her Evelyn, and she made a thing. It's like it's Evelyn. Yeah, I, I don't understand. No, but anyway, um, because she must have just got used to it. So she's not very particularly thrilled at this prospect, obviously. Um, but Dev says that she needs to grin and bear it. Asha's are there texting away as well, and Dev seems to think that it's Corey that she's she's chatting to, and says he's bad news. So we get to see these brilliant scenes with Ardy reviewing Evelyn and I mean this is a these are the concept that just kind of writes itself when you could just that that I don't think you could have gone wrong with this so it is him there with his clipboard Evelyn giving him withering glances him asking asking, her ridiculous questions like where do you see yourself in five years time or something It, it was it was brilliant it was brilliant um, Asha, meanwhile, is going to the cafe. Nina's acting all flirty with her. Coquettish, I think you said. One um, thing I really like about Ardy is that he obviously believes in himself. Mm. And I think that Ali Hussein's really good at playing him. Yeah. Like, very, he's very, very self-confident. He's not playing a fool. No, no. No, he's, he's, he's not. He's doing a really good job. Mm. Um, then we have the big scene, don't we, with, with Asha and Deb. So he comes home. And sees her putting lip liner on. Was it lipstick? We said it was lip liner, I think. Doesn't matter. She's making liner. herself look all pretty. And he thinks it's for Corey. Well, and he can't even pronounce Corey because he kills him Corey, doesn't he? Yeah. She's like, are you, are you getting ready for Corey? She's like, yeah, I'm in it already. It's too late for that. <laughs> she confirms that she is indeed seeing somebody and it isn't a boy. It's a girl. It's Nina. <gasps> Dev's reaction. It was just great. And we made fun last week of how Dev would react to the news <laughs> that his daughter was a lesbian and we'd said that uh, he'd be well, he'd be she doesn't um, identify she as doesn't. Lesbian. We said he'd be like singing it from the rooftops like Sally, but he it was just it was played perfectly that the awkwardness the embarrassment that I, I know I need to say the right thing here he, but I don't know what that right thing is and he was all kind of clammed up and he was like had his hands in front of his face and 
Uh, and he's like, so are you a lesbian now? And this is where Asha says that labels are so passe. She, she, I'm just, I'm just me. And I just like this girl. So whatever. Nina's bright. She's, she's her own person. She's brave. She's kind. Yada, yada, yada. Find me a boy that could have even one of these qualities. And anyway, <laughs> we've only kissed once. <laughs> Cringes even harder. He's just, he's just finding it very, very difficult to take in. And, but, um, and and she says that like she feels happy for the first time in ages, which he kind of takes to mean that he's been a rubbish dad. And she, she it's so sweet. And she says, "No, you've been a great dad. Really, 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 really lovely stuff." Um, oh, scenes scenes of the week for sure. Um, then we see Corey again in the cafe later, and he wants to go and see Asher and say sorry about being an arse yesterday. Wants to check that she's all right, and he kind of heads off seemingly forgiven I don't know whether that's the last we're going to see of Corey or whether he's going to get a bee in his bonnet when he finds out about Asher and Nina together I reckon he's going to he's going to um, spread rumours about them I think he's going to find out that they're well they're together. not they're not um, they're... going public are they no I know exactly so I think he's going to he's going to like find out he's going to watch them or see them doing something or intercept a note or something mm. and then he'll ridicule them yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, especially on the internet, you know what he's like with that. Great at it. Mm. Um, so, Victoria Gardens, they have a little meeting up later, Asher and Nina, and she tells her... a about... meeting. A date. It's a date. It's a business meeting about her uh, Asher's, performance Asher's very is very kind of forward and, and is almost, you know, drawing up the wedding list at this point, but Nina's just chill about it and she just wants to keep it on the down low. They'll take it nice and slow. And Asher seems... Ash happy like, with this arrangement. Yeah, it is basically. I come for tea. This is this is definitely uh what's the word I'm looking for? Developing. Developing in a different way the way I thought really. Oh yeah, totally. And the same with Ardi as well. Did didn't we say that Ardi was potentially going to not be happy with his sister? dating Nina One, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and actually that would have been stupid because they're playing Ardu to be such a nice guy at the moment of course he's going to accept them but she did there's no it feels like to me there's no way on TV to sort of react to a character revealing they're gay or saying that they are into members of the same sex um, it's not like a bit cringe because Ardu was like well good for her it's like what do you mean good for her? It's such a weird thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. But you have to say something because it's still, still a, you know, there's still a taboo, isn't there? There's still, mm. like, even even uh, even Asha doesn't want to say that she's a lesbian because it's too early, really, to say. But, like, you would never say, oh, yeah, so-and-so straight. Oh, well, good for them, would you? No. Like, it feels like, it just feels a bit patronising. But, um, obviously, it still is something that is a really important milestone in understanding yeah. who you are and um what you like yeah yeah milestone is right yeah it's um, like it's like if you you know if you if you suddenly realize that you like uh cannelloni and not lasagna good, good for you yeah. <laughs> um so <laughs> we, we get to see another scene of the, the evelyn and our review later and uh she's she's got she gives sarky answers to all his questions grabs a bottle of wine oh no what is it a little bottle of Gin something, or something gin or something leaves but not before telling him he's a he needs to get out more which was brilliant and this, this is when dev tells Ardy what's happened yeah so um dev's dev, dev's yeah. all he's, he's at um he's at sixes and sevens because he does he, he wants to make a good impression but he's also a little bit embarrassed and 
No, um, he wants to. He, he yeah, wa- he wants Nina to like him. Yeah, he he does. This was sweet. It's like I didn't so even he, think because he this. wants to find out what Nina's favourite cake is. Oh, pistachio! Is it pistachio? Apparently, it would be. What would kind come. of weird world is? I know there's no. I know it's coronavirus. Pistachio cake and carrot cake. Come on. Coronavirus is not as bad in Weatherfield, but they other bad things have happened there. If pistachio cake is on regular rotation at Roy's Rolls, <laughs> they haven't got any cream horns. They've stopped making them. They're making pistachio cake now. Yeah, can't get enough of it. What even is pistachio? I understand it's just cake with pistachios in it, but I've never seen it anywhere. It's green, I imagine. I've seen pistachio ice cream because you make sure you don't have that. Cause it's horrible. <laughs> That's what they have in France, isn't it? Pistachio ice cream. They love it. Oh, though. they do, yeah. <laughs> also, that's a dad flavour of ice cream, pistachio ice cream. That's that's what I think. My dad used to have pistachio ice cream when we went on holiday. And I, and I yeah, I associate pistachio you... ice cream with old men. I, <laughs> Even I, though he was probably younger than I, I am now when, when he was eating that on our beach old, holidays. Old people ice cream flavours, I think of rum and raisin. Oh yeah, but I bloody yeah. love rum and raisin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine if they had like oh. you know how they have Neapolitan ice cream with chocolate oh, and no. vanilla and strawberry? Have rum and raisin, pistachio, pistachio and what are the other ones? Oh, yeah, though? what would it be? What's another horrible flavour of ice cream? Licorice, licorice ice cream. I've never heard of such a thing. Um, anyway, that that's basically it, isn't it? They they have tea together and then um, Dev and Ardy go back to the shop so that they can leave Nina and Asha to have some girl time alone together in the flat um, in the house I mean I mean in a week where... oh no we missed the scene there was a nice scene with Dev and Roy wasn't there Roy, oh, yeah. that was lovely there were some really really nice character moments to, uh, this week the um, Jenny Roy and Rita scene the, the yeah. tonight fantastic Dev tells Roy what's going on and he obviously didn't know mm. we, no but he's because also really very... let's face it the girls didn't know until this week no he Roy's also very chill about it. I mean, and he didn't have, you know, the most conventional of relationships, did he, with Hayley. Um, so he, he knows about what it is to accept, um, you know, views that aren't the, the tr- traditional or, you know, whatever. Well, it's really refreshing to have a coming out story in Coronation Street that's not angsty I've, and sad. Refreshing is exactly right. That's that's what I immediately typed down oh, in the yeah, notes document. Really? Look, refreshing. Refreshing. It was fantastic. That go. I couldn't have imagined a more satisfying coming out scene. But it was because it, 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 really. it wasn't, was it? No, no. it she, was she just perfect. That she. Um, didn't want to label what it was, which I guess makes sense because it's too early for her to really know. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked how Dev reacted. It's basically it was broke just down in tears. Right. But it was more a case of like, I'm scared about what this like. This has totally confused me. I'm worried I'm a bad dad. Um, have I done something wrong? You know, and and it's, it's not because he thinks being gay is wrong or he doesn't want Asha to be gay. It's because it was such a surprise to him and he doesn't really know how to react and he's not quite sure what's going on. And it is it is a negative reaction, but it's also an honest one mm. because I think that some parents, when their child r- reveals to them something about themselves, might know already. Yeah. And be prepared and just be waiting for the, for the for it to be brought up and ready to support the, the child but when you when you this kind of came out of nowhere and he was like not at all, not at all ready for the information i just i just thought it was like a really honest and and it's it's still i always say this about um you got to meet people where they are and not everybody is on the same level you know mm. about 
acceptance of things or even not even not even accepting things it's not it's not in their radar it's not on their mm. it's not on I mean, their kind of Deb was caught off guard by this. I was as well, because the way soap stories generally do this, and there's not been loads of coming out stories in Coronation Street, to be fair, is you no. go through weeks and weeks and weeks of secrecy, and then somebody finds out, and then yeah, they yeah, agree yeah. to keep it a secret, and then maybe they'll spill the beans to someone else. And then, I mean, I'm thinking of like the James story, for example, last year when he came oh, yeah, out yeah. to Ed, and, and, and Michael yeah, and Aggie knew. Um, I can't, coming out story. Ed's reaction wasn't great, was it? I can't of remember. Of course, it, it wasn't. He uh, was furious. Yeah, he was worried. He was talking about his. Wasn't he talking about his family? Like saying that yeah, people I wouldn't accept so. him and stuff. Because there's, there's, they never really. I felt like they were a bit worried, and they didn't want to go down the route of talking about um, homophobia in Caribbean mm. culture. But from what I've heard, not experienced, but I've heard people discussing that there is strong kind of mm. undercurrent of homophobia. Yeah. So that that story was, you know, played... Well, he was not happy to hear. No, it, it was very, it was very it standard was by the book coming out. That had been story. kept from him. Yeah. So, and that's what I was expecting that. reaction. Yeah. But and, the, this was just like, tear the, tear the plaster off, here you go, that's what it is. And the fact that Nina didn't care, she didn't make a big thing, she was so confident in herself, and she, well, and she didn't want this label. Um, Nina and, and she, or Asha? Asha. Um, and, and she was just like, yeah, whatever, she, she, she doesn't like say, Dad, I've, I've got something to tell you. She's just like, yeah, it, it's a girl. And, and he's that guy. It's going, a girl. Oh. <laughs> um, I, yeah, she was saying <laughs> she, like... She should have got out the pink balloon. She, yeah. She's saying, at least I won't get pregnant, which I thought was really funny. Mm. Um, um, yeah, and then, and then I think the next scene is her swanning down the stairs, just like, she's just so high, she's just so proud of herself that she's she said it. And... Well, if, if there was always something that she didn't really understand about boys and, you know, is this really what I'm supposed to be thinking? Like, I guess so. It doesn't feel right, but maybe I'll grow into it, mm. you know? And... Obviously now she's thinking, no, I understand now. It wasn't. It is. It's a. It's a. This all makes sense. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. And, and finally, I'm confident and safe and. I feel like I've got. I've figured that out. And that and this so person amazing. likes me as well. Yeah, I mean, I I think of everything. Ash's uh, Nina's like being quite inscrutable to me at the moment. She's yeah, like, she is. It's like she. she does she's not older than Asha. We don't know if she thinks of herself as a lesbian or has any preferences or has she has never spoken about anything like that like is she coming out to herself or what is going on well she just seems to be the model that asha's basing her no labels um persona on because nina just is to chill about everything she doesn't care she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her she is just her i'm I'm just nina i'm not a goth i'm not i'm just nina but i'm just trying to establish is, is this a new thing for Nina? Because it kind of feels a bit like she's she's been kind of bundled up with with Asha's excitement and she's just kind of been swept along with Asha going, we're lesbians now, but we're, that's not, we're not lesbians, but we're both going to go out with each other. Is that okay? And Nina's like, okay. You know what I mean? But she's not... I don't get, like... I want to know more about has she ever had a boyfriend or mm. is this this is what I mean I can't understand from her reaction if she's uncertain about the fact that she well she's not uncertain but she's certainly like let's just let's not 
jump in head first. Yeah, she is. Let's just, let's just like do what I'm saying, feels she's right. O- she's older. You, I mean, has she, has she dated before? She's not that much older. No, she's And, you she's know, you like can get to, you know, older. you can get to be quite old and not realise that you're gay. Um, mm. In a heteronormative society. But um, do you see what I'm saying about her yeah. reaction? I, I don't know. I'm interested because I, I like Nina and I want to know more about her. Yeah, and, she's... Um, yeah, she's... Is, is Asha her first girlfriend or... That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean... And I can't it, tell. It feels like... It feels like she is. It it feels... But it, it it doesn't seem like a big thing to either of them. But then I... Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to for but Nina. You, I don't know. I just... I'm just intrigued. She's... What, what did you... You... you the, the thing about the no labels, you asked me to type that down into the notes. Yeah. So what, what was it that you were I'm saying? I'm just of, really interested in... Um, the idea that because when when um Asha said, oh I I don't I don't want to be labelled. I thought, oh that's a bit. I think that's a bit sad, because I don't think there's anything wrong with being a lesbian. I think that you should be proud, and there are loads of really great lesbians, and lesbian culture is. I also think that lesbians are get um, going through a hard time, particularly at the moment, mm. for various reasons, um. But then I saw a few people commenting on Twitter and Facebook and stuff and saying, yes, yes, I, I, don't, I don't want to be labelled either. I don't think it's important to have a label. Is it, I mean, some people want the security of a label and the well, feeling that I'm they belong say... in a, with a particular group, especially if they've felt ostracised yes, yes. For, for all these years. That's and exactly now I right. belong with these people. And others are like, no, I, I'm just me. I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I don't, just because I fancy this person that isn't, you know, the society's norm. But what I'm worried about is is if you're rejecting a label because you're worried about what that means because it has negative connotations. Mm. And there's a thing called, uh, is it called the euphemism treadmill, where a word to describe a group of people who are oppressed, like people of colour, changes regularly because it is used as a um, a word to attack people and it mm. becomes an insult or a slur. So... Rejecting the word lesbian, I don't want anyone to think or feel that lesbian is a bad word. Or, And I also think that if you're in a group that's being oppressed, it is helpful to identify with other people of the same group. And a label is just a form of identifying yourself. I think that... Um, I underst- I, 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 but I understand what other people are saying. Like, they don't want to put a... They don't want to pin a word on it. Um, and they, they... You know, I guess that... The traditional words that we use are cha- the the definitions are t- changing all the time, and well, it all means something the, different to different people. Asha kind of said as much to Deb, well, didn't she's she? Not, she's, like, she's also not at the stage, and I think a lot a lot of the comments that I saw on social media were from, seemed to be from young girls who are in the same situation. It was like I'm not really sure. I don't see why I need to say. Yeah, yeah. I I just yeah. I just like... I just am who I am, and this is where I am at the moment. Yeah, but um, yeah. I just it just. I just think, um, as, as it, somebody who... It wasn't Corey saying we don't need labels anymore. No, 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 I'm just saying, yeah, but I'm just saying, um, it's, I don't necessarily think there's anything sinister about it. I don't want to tell anybody how to refer to themselves at all, but it just worries me that um, I don't want people to reject those words because of prejudice. That's what I'm worried about. Like rejecting say I'm not that because that's a bad thing to be. And mm. I don't necessarily think that's what people are saying. But that was my first reaction like I hope that you understand that it's okay to be a lesbian. Mm. What would be interesting for me is if this relationship doesn't last and you know it's a soap. So the chances are 
not not low that that'll happen. Um, will will she just stay with, you know, going out with women now, or or will she say sometimes fancy men, sometimes fancy women, sometimes fancy aliens that been down? No, or, you don't say that. You know, because it could be really interesting to have, to have a character because Coronation Street hasn't really gone. Very much well, on the, the whole bisexuality thing. thing. This is the other thing that's a bit they of a didn't weird even thing say about Coronation Street is that they will never, they really do not want to have bisexual people in Coronation Street, but they have had quite a few of them, and they always say, "I don't want to label myself," or "I, I'm just, I just happen to be a straight woman who's fallen in love uh, with a woman," or like Marcus, "I'm a straight, I'm a gay man who's fallen in love with a woman," or Tracy, oh, "Well, I just slept with a woman." Because I'm a feminist. Oh, yeah, that got a call out in tonight's episode, didn't it? Bury that again, please. Corey. But there's a, there's like a massive trope because when we were talking about when we were talking about Rana and Kate and looking at um what people were saying about kill your bury your gays and looking at tropes of um fiction, one other thing that came out and jumped at me glaringly was bi erasure. And I've heard lots of people who are bisexual talking about the concept of bi erasure and the fact that. Um, I don't still don't think bisexual people are taken seriously, and I don't see what the harm is in sort of giving them a shout out. You know, mm. bisexual people clearly exist, and there have been some in Coronation Street, but they always it always feels like it feels like they're they're saying it's progressive to reject the label, but the label's never been given a chance in Coronation Street before. Yeah. So, the other thing that not. I was wondering about Asher as well, on the same subject of, you know, is she gay, is she bi or whatever, is I don't know how much it was established on the show or made clear on the show. Is is Asher really attracted to her physically or does she just really, really like her personality? Because when she was telling Dev how amazing uh, Nina was, she was saying about, yeah, she's kind, she's generous, yada, yada, yada. And she, and we've seen that she likes the fact that Nina is picking her up and saying she's beautiful because nobody else was. And she's felt so insecure about her appearance for all this time. And then this person comes along and says, no, you're, you're beautiful inside and out. Do you think, but, though, that that's a question you would ask if she was... I mean, you never said this about Corey. No, no, I know, I know. But isn't it interesting that that's the question that we wonder? We've we've not we've not seen. I mean, it was Nina was the one that was doing the sexy lady drawings. We haven't seen. <laughs> we, although it's, Asha I mean, did have the picture of those Bollywood actresses on her uh, wall, didn't she? And Dev tore them down, and she got very upset about it. So maybe now ooh, we know why. It's all coming out. <laughs> well, look. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think it feels it's like... possible to be attracted to somebody romantically um before you're attracted to them physically mm. I'm, not, I'm not really interested in the answer to that question to be honest because mm. the physical aspects of any relationship on coronation street have always found a bit boring it, it doesn't feel like asha has been secretly lusting after women for all this time it feels like she's just kind of discovering it for herself there's been no yeah. hint, I would say, up until this point, that she's not into boys at all. But she th- didn't know. No, she exactly. Know, she she really, didn't know, and, and now, it's really uncomfortable to talk about this because I, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of of somebody who not only is a different sexuality to me, but also growing up in a completely different generation mm. where you know we're talking about you know being gay, bisexual, or lesbian, and the the people of Asha's generation, probably people that are listening, 
probably, you know, there's a range of different reactions when they hear those, you know, labels. And some of them will be thinking, I find that offensive that you want to pigeonhole me into an identity that I don't accept. You know, maybe they don't even want those words. But that, but like we, when we, <laughs> you know, our how we've grown up is like that. That's how you yeah. talk about things, and it is it is helpful to to be able to talk to be able to name what it is that you're to do to talking about because of the definition. You don't have to define everything all the time when you're when you're talking. Mm. And you know you've got gender spectrums now, and people saying that they're attracted to different um, manifestations of gender identity, or saying they don't have a gender identity at all, or you know being non-binary and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I guess the labels kind of becoming outdated, aren't they? And um, it you know it's tempting to want to put a label on something so you can talk about it and understand it, especially in a podcast because. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. I just, I'm, um, I'm fascinated to see where it goes. It was, it was such a shame that that story didn't get any, any more mileage on Friday because I just want it to be in every episode now. I want to see them relate. I want to see them get on. I mean, they've been really nice friends up until this point, um, and I've seen some people complain that why do they have to turn a friendship into something yeah, sexy? Yeah, I want to say something about that as well. Um, I, I, I would have agreed with that. I think I really was hoping just to see a really sweet kind of mentor relationship like between two girls um but the thing i will say is that this is a story that means a lot to cer- to a certain group of people mm. when when you're talking about representation and you're seeing yourself on tv we've spoken about it lots on the podcast it is important it's really important and you know the last time we had a lesbian couple on coronation street they were somewhat controversial they did not have a good time their entire existence was just drama and trials and tribulations it wasn't really pleasant i don't even think the fans enjoyed watching a lot of their it would be so refreshing if this was just normal and they didn't have a thing i mean it it really it clearly feels no as in it you know no, treated, no you drama. Treated, yeah, but I know. But I that's, don't want. But it, but, Corey's clearly going to find out about it. I would say, and then make a big say, fuss and attack them. But I just kind of want them to rise above it and just say, "No, we're just normal. Sod off." The thing and is then about get on with normal relationship. The problems. thing is, you have to understand though about a soap is that if you want a normal, boring relationship, and by that I mean the sort of thing that we've been watching on Coronation Street for sixty years. Not, I'm not saying that being gay isn't normal being a normal boring couple where nothing happens yeah you're not going to get a lot of screen time that's the difference and i think that um but they they need to have dramas that aren't at all related to their sexuality i agree i think that's what we've both come to the conclusion to say yeah um and rana and kate never had that no and for example a really good i think a really good mold is like the imran and uh toya relationship where they have the odd spat or whatever but that it's about them as a couple, not about them, you know, them versus one another. Mm. But, you know... And, all... and that's why I like Tyrone and Fizz as well. They're just normal and, yeah, a bit You're boring. using the word normal a lot and this is kind of triggering me no, <laughs> to worry that you're kind of insinuating. No, I'm saying know, that that's I'm what just, I... I'm just hoping that people aren't taking that the wrong way. No, I'm not meaning it the wrong way. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I just want to have to see a, a, a boring... You know, but not boring. Domestic. Domestic is a kind of good... I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. But listen, really there will stuff. be a bit of drama. You know, there's going to be people's there reactions. There will be. Um, the, 
I, I, I'm glad that they're going to have Ardy on side, I think, because I think it feels like Corey's going to kick off, Ardy's going to beat him up or something, going to get himself into trouble. I, I don't know. But oh, I'm, just, I'm just really, really fascinated to find out. This is, I'm this very is pleased. Great um, on all fronts. I think yeah, on this all is sort fronts. of turning out as much better than I Yeah, I was looking forward would. to it. Yeah, I know. But, but... I mean... Uh, to be to be perfectly frank, when I saw in the uh, that this was going to happen and they were going to be a couple, I was like, okay, they're going there, fine, whatever. It'd be nice if they were they, just friends. They called this out for months. Yeah, yeah, but um, now now it's happening. It's I I I couldn't have you know, pictured it any more satisfying than it has been so far this week, and I hope they don't screw I it think up. I think it. I think I'm just enjoying it because there's not lots of kissing. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like I think I'm on just, screen kisses. You're I just like, a massive prude. See, people probably want to come at me and say that I'm a prude or like be be mean and um, or say that I'm homophobic and I don't want to see girls kissing. But that's not the case because I don't want to see anyone kissing. But they're just um, discriminating against me because I think I'm asexual. <laughs> don't say that to your husband. <laughs> right. I'm coming out with <laughs> Sexual, you have to get another bedroom. <laughs> good luck, good job with moving, isn't it? Yeah, right. Let's do the other storyline of um, of rampant homosexuality. No. <laughs> Pull over, Gemma. Oh, I don't want to be in this podcast with you anymore. Yes, you do. You love it. I, oh, you're digging holes for me and I'm falling in them. Go on, let's find out what's been going on with Paul and Todd and Billy. I don't really like this storyline. Lots of people don't like this storyline. I've seen boring. an awful lot of criticism of how dull this is online and just like how over it everybody seems to be. Oh. But we need to just, we need to say what's happened here. Oh. There's a car crash and not a car crash. Uh, somebody gets hit by a car and everything in this story. It's so exciting. Oh, oh gosh! On Monday. Oh. Go Paul, on, Gemma. You can do Todd it. Todd wishes Paul luck. Because he's going to court with Billy. Oh, yeah, because he beat that guy up because he thought it was Will's dad and it wasn't. Yeah. And he says, I'll come. Exciting. I'll cheer you on. And then he's like, Will, come and mis- do mischievousness. And then they have the court case and the judge is like, "Uh, look, I know why you hit the guy because it was in the script, but, you know, it's going to be in the script again. And I can't rule out that you wouldn't just hit him again. If it's written in the script, it seems like you just do it. <laughs> and Paul's like, you know, you're right, Your Honour. I would. I'd do whatever it says as long as it's written in little white, black and white text. Um, meanwhile, Will loitering in the ginnel on the phone to Todd. He's going to break him. A crow bars his way into the house. We find out Paul's got 12-month community order, 130 hours of unpaid work, and 20 hours of what he called anger, man- anger management, <laughs> where it sounded like hanger management which is when Mary Kondo comes and makes you throw away all your t-shirts oh my god <laughs> I was thinking of um, an airport hanger <laughs> right that hey, plane that goes, plane goes there. Over there. <laughs> this plane does not spark joy it will take it out of the hanger um, so Will's smashing up the place he's pouring beer everywhere he's, he's hammering at the piano literally not like Summer does she comes home and catches him, runs away into the path of a car. Of course she does. Paul sees Will running out of the flat and he Paul runs away. Police come and say, what happened? 
And Mary's like, I don't know. And Paul says, I don't know. Are you really selling this, Gemma? And Todd says, I don't know. And Billy says, well, I don't know either. At the hospital, someone's being kept in overnight, but it's not too bad because it was just a very small bump. <laughs> um, <laughs> meanwhile, Weatherfield Council is meeting, having an emergency meeting about the number of road traffic accidents. In that literal spot. Going, should we put in speed bumps and the guy's like no they really the, should look the Weatherfield Council have already done all they can they've literally shortened the road yeah. Rosamond Street used to stretch right down the road and cars used to get a really good pace up on there and they're like even let's go. just make it so there's no even any houses there's, there's literally the shop yeah. is the only address on yeah. this road oh and the medical centre like, like you can go five miles an hour max and they're still getting run over I think it's <laughs> something in the water and there's cobbles there there's what? nothing there's more nothing we can we do, can do. <laughs> We're not, just a bunch not, of lemmings down We the are not wasting street. council money on that bunch of inbred morons. I thought <laughs> they were going to blow it up anyway. Aren't they building a hotel there? Get Percy Sugden out of retirement. He'll sort it out with his lollipop stick. Yeah. Or I, Dennis. Get Dennis and his... um. His, do you remember when they had that stampede yes. of lollipop yeah. men? At this stage, I think it would probably be beneficial if lollipop man was standing and this is a road traffic crossing guard in America, whatever they're called. We call them lollipop men and ladies here because we're quaint. Um, it would be beneficial to have somebody standing on the side of the road who just hits the people, pedestrians, with the lollipop, going, no, look where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone knows all about lols, doesn't she? So maybe she can volunteer to be a lollipop lady. Oh, a lollipop lady. What is this? <laughs> where has this been all my life? <laughs> so anyway... Um, yeah, I loved how you put that t- that tweet out on when was it Monday or Wednesday? It was Mo- no, must have been really Monday, it. wasn't it? When you no, no, that got quite a few oh, likes you, saying, what, "Lol, that's not how you play the piano." <laughs> <laughs> and even Coronation Street <laughs> likes it. Oh, really? <laughs> that's good old summer. So summer and lols. She's such a lol. <laughs> 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 we're we're not really down with the kids, are we? I don't. I'm not even gonna pretend anymore. Um. So yeah. So at the hospital, she's been kept in overnight. It's not too bad. We've Paul looks like already. he's gonna tell Billy about Will, and um. Then Todd phones Will and says, "I've got another job for for you." Um. Today was a car oh, crash. Hell, who wrote that line? Today was a real car crash, Will. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I said when I saw Summer on the floor. Lol, <laughs> what? Gulp. <laughs> um, look, oh, he's basically saying, this all went wrong. I need to make sure nobody finds out that I was behind this. And it looks like he's in the clear, even though um, later on, he, he meets up with Will in the ginnel and says, don't ever talk about this, even though we're having a loud discussion about it. What make the... sure that you throw your phone away in the top of the bin. He he was having a loud conversation in the ginnel, and then today Jacob and his dodgy bird were having a loud meeting in the ginnel. Simon was literally, you know, ten meters round the corner away from this, where he was having his nefarious chat with her. Oh, it's all these youngsters and their headphones. Is there something funny with the acoustics in there? Is it like it's the opposite? The opposite of, the... of an echo chamber. Yeah, it's a good, good, good um podcast recording studio out there. Yeah, bring back Radio Weatherfield, Steve and Andy. Come on. Sorry, I interrupted you. So, again. so yeah, he they, they basically says that never, never talk about this or, and he he puts the the phone on the top of the bin. That was really annoying. Anyway, like a pregnancy test. Yeah, um, 
He goes back. They go back to see the damage. <sighs> that reminds me. Everyone wants to know, I'm sure, about my COVID tests that I've been having. Because that's what I said on the podcast last week, didn't I? That I had to have my COVID test on Saturday morning. It's horrible. It's horrific. But I'm, I don't have COVID. You're doing but it for you, the children, aren't you? Yeah. And you, you saw it and you said that it's like a frequency test, isn't it? Because you have to, put, you have you have to get to, your saliva. You have to and, wee on it. No, you don't have to. Michael, you don't put saliva on anything when you're doing a pregnancy <laughs> test. Yeah, I, I, had to, I had to scrape the back of my mouth. I had to get my tonsils, which made me gag. And then you have to stick it up in nostril and give it, what, ten full rotations or something like that. And then you put it in a little thing of liquid. And then you close it up and make a little eyedropper. And then you put that on a little bit of um, tissue paper and it spreads up. And if you get one bar, you got, you're you fine. If you get two bars, you got COVID. It's very involved, this. But, um, it is I'm weird fine. how much it looks like a pregnancy test. Yeah. I don't have to do one tomorrow, though. Oh. Oh, no, because no. you're not going in early. I'm not going to school next week. Yeah. Result. Um, right, so... That's, that's it, that's it. Well, they're all mad about how much damage has been done and Paul is not saying anything about who, who's responsible, even though he knows. He feels guilty on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, because Craig was hanging around, wasn't he? And then he makes a, um, oh, a ha- yeah. helpful exit. Craig's like, do you have any ideas who it could be? And then when they have a massive, like... Yeah, they have a Oh, Paul, about Paul it, actually, no, sorry, Paul confesses it as well. And then they have a massive argument about it and Craig's like... I'll just leave you to it. I don't want to eavesdrop. I am a police officer. Craig was not there when we found out who it was. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. He's Mm. like trying to be um, tactful. Billy's mad. He um, he misunderstood being tactical. (laughs) Thought it was tactful. (laughs) Todd is is um gone biblical on on Paul after this. That's a praise. No, Billy. Oh, God, I don't remember who's I don't remember who characters who are. Wednesday, yeah. Paul is feeling guilty about what happened and Billy's like, I'm not going to forgive you. I don't know where my Bible is anymore, so I can't check, but I'm pretty sure I don't have to forgive you for anything. Yeah, I've got the version of the Bible that says that you're allowed to take drugs in the church, run over the daughters of the, of, of the local... Um... Alcoholic. Patriarch. Yeah. Um, what else has he done wrong? Quite a lot, to be fair. He's so... Oh, he's such a hypocrite, Billy. Anyways, carry on. Um, Todd shows up to help, and he's all surprised when Paul tells him it was Will what bashed up the, the piano. Yeah, Summer comes home, she's like, I'm fine, OMG, what happened to my piano? <laughs> she literally, they didn't even bother giving her a fake bruise or anything, did they? No. She says, I should have used that as an opportunity to recast her. Like, this, she's had a really serious accident, we need to have a full face transplant. I know, I'd have but... accepted that. <laughs> like, at least they've got a reason in the script. Right. Billy, <sighs> Summer comes out and she's like, oh no, there's tension. Um, yeah, but yeah. Billy goes with, to Todd, with Todd in the Rovers and says, Billy says, oh, I'm mad about uh, Paul. And Todd says, you need to tell him that you're mad about him. So, so Billy goes back and Paul and Summer have tidied up and they say, oh, I love you. But Billy says, Summer is my priority and says, you need to be more good around the house and not... Not bring back things. Just like, for example, this reminds me of um I can I can really sympathise with Billy here. Paul brought somebody into the house, he's bloody wrecked the whole joint. <laughs> We've had an experience in our house where our cat has done the same thing. She brought in a mouse and now the front room is trashed because there's been a mouse living in the front room for about a week 
and no, I've a week, to, it was about two days. Had, well, it's pooed for a week's worth <laughs> yeah, behind the sofa. And now everything is everywhere because I had to pull everything out of the bookcase. So I am with Billy here. It's a pain in the bum when somebody you love brings home a hooligan that wrecks the joint. <laughs> and luckily we didn't have a piano or it probably would have been eaten. Yeah. Some is my priority. Don't be so naughty. You're bad. I can't do this anymore. And and Paul's like, why are you so mean? And then he punches a hole in the cupboard door. <laughs> that which was, was really. Great. <sighs> it wasn't really. It didn't really feel. I mean, it had an impact on the door. But nobody else, I don't think. It was a bit kind of like. Eh. No, I thought it was cool. I thought it was just why are like you punching a hole Paul, in the Paul, door. Paul, Paul isn't bright enough to be able to he can't express articulate. himself. No, he can't articulate like, his feelings. Oh, Paul, like, angry. Poof. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> use your words, Paul. <laughs> Paul says you treat me like a project, and now you're giving up on me. And Billy's, Billy, Billy says I've got no option but to choose summer. You must leave. This is what people would say. Like Ad- I know Adrian on my Facebook group says this about um, Billy quite a lot. Like he, and Paul was really right here. He kind of it is like Billy's sad, tragic project of the month, wasn't it? Like, kind of and. Um, he's been accused of kind of grooming Paul a little bit and I just, being a bit predatory. I I don't. I I I've just not really ever bought their relationship. And when they were saying that they I loved each other, like, got, I don't. I don't. I don't feel it. What have they got in common except for the fact that they're both gay on Coronation Street? That's literally it. <laughs> That's not really. A I think that I mean they're both supposed to be nice. Billy's supposed to be nice because he's a vicar slash archdeacon. Oh, yeah, I don't he's think Coronation Street know the difference because... I don't think... I think they were like... He's just exactly the same now the as he story, always has. The storyboarding was like, Billy becomes archdeacon and then in brackets it's like, look up what is archdeacon. Yeah, we'll and nobody's like, we'll do that later. Yeah. It's not important yet. And and Paul is supposed to be nice, isn't it? I mean, he, I know he, he's a... But what do you mean ex-con. by nice? Everyone's nice. He, he's supposed to be a bit nice of rough with a heart of gold. Word. But oh. I don't think but the fact that he was, you know, he, he was so sympathetic to Will and like, oh, I shouldn't give you my number, but here I am. We're supposed to think he's great, but I, I don't know. I think sometimes people get really blinded by see, seeking the familiar in another person and overestimating how much that gets you anywhere. Like Paul saw himself in Will and he went far beyond where he should have gone. To to sort to help him because they had one thing in common, and then he thought that meant that they knew each other, and they didn't at all because yeah. it was all a lie anyway. Mm. So Paul's like, "Oh no, I must leave." Summer tries to stop him, doesn't work. To- he t- he goes to toddles off with his um with his, l- with his luggage, luggage and Paul Todd sees the coat fall off, so he uses that as an opportunity to pick it up and take it around there to sort of get told officially that that Paul's moved out. So you can go, oh no, how sad, that's terrible. Let's get a pizza. Yeah, um, let's have a chat about it. So um, Paul then sees Todd getting this delivery pizza and... Um, Empty pizza box. It was so great. Like, can you not <laughs> pretend? Put a stone in it or something. Like, stop holding it diagonally. What are you doing? <laughs> I hope that wasn't like, um, what's it called? A half and half because it's uh, all in one. All at once. Um... Billy apologises to Todd about how emotional he got about the fact he just dumped his boyfriend. Um, and Billy's like, um, let's get let's get lathered. <laughs> leathered, lathered, I can't Let's remember. get all lathered up, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Please. 
Todd says, Todd says, no, no, no. Um, you should have an early night. And Billy says to Todd, you have restored my faith in you. And I still can't believe that there was definitely a scene... God's like, what about me? <laughs> there was definitely a scene where Billy was like, I've got Todd's number. He's just going to try and break us up. You can't trust a bloody word, he says. He's manipulative and evil. And he literally, the next day, was like, what? What did I say? I don't remember that. Yeah, it has been very inconsistent. And he's just been so gullible. And literally... They they will just played into his hands, and you know at the end of the day, when they're so easily manipulated, you can't help but think, I guess you had it coming, lads. Yeah, exactly. It's a totally crazy <laughs> addict, and he's asking for it. Um. So, uh, Todd gives Paul the coat back in the pub, and he hangs around sympathising with him as well. He's like just playing. He does, everybody. He's looking a little bit. He's no. I, he, I, honestly, at the end of that scene, I watched it again yesterday, and it did look like Todd was feeling a bit guilty when Paul is. Does his woe is me act? Oh, that's acting, that is, isn't it? It's good acting. What from Todd or from from Gareth Pierce? <laughs> Gareth Pierce doing layering of acting. No, but I, I I honestly did think that he was feeling a bit guilty. It's like, oh, I've gone a bit too far, really. Paul says, "This was my fault. I shouldn't have let Will into my life." And Todd says, "You're not responsible for what Will did." And Paul says, "Then who is?" Oh, it's so one of the weird, great Todd. questions of our time. On Friday, um. Oh, there's just this... Paul's upset about yeah. Billy, and he had a staircase... No, did you... <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry for my notes. Here. There's a staircase that was made of jelly. In his dream. Um, It represents... I don't know. Uh, I can't even... Being upset. Fragility of... Stairs. Yeah. What? Architectural in- insecurity. <laughs> Bernie says... Um, Summer's the most important one. Whatever the future holds for you and Billy, don't give up on her. So he bu- goes and buys her a keyboard to make up for the one that got hammered to death. Billy's like, oh, how touching. Paul says, I will still want to see you. Billy's like, uh. And then no, he Paul's... wants to see Summer. Yeah, sorry. And Paul drops around and then Billy and Paul, I thought they said beach scene, but it's a bench scene. Billy and Paul <laughs> have a bench scene together. And Billy says, I feel guilty about not saying you could see some of course you can and they're like oh that's nice oh, see this is probably like one of the few times on coronation street that's ever been acknowledged when um a character breaks up with somebody and then acknowledges this the offspring who are now going like one minute they're like let's go to the park kids and the next minute they're like you're dead to me never speak to me again yeah, but the, the problem with this I think is that I don't think we've really seen tons of Paul, Paul and Billing Summer. bonding with Summer. Can I no. just also say that according to Todd, like officially on record, we've now got according to Paul and Todd, the best thing about dating Billy is Summer. Neither yeah. of them can get over Summer and how great she That's is true, and actually absolutely. don't give a crap about Billy, like move on from him. <laughs> good point, good point. Um I um I'm, I've got quite a few issues with this with this story, but one Hit of them, me up, baby. One of them is that I'm thinking Todd's going a bit too far, and and he's gone he's gone past the point of oh this is quite funny. Look at him being all manipulative <laughs> and scheming, and 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 there are bits this week where I was thinking no, he's just being too nasty now. I I, I don't like Todd when he's being like out and out, you know, horrible and manipulative. I'm glad that he seemed guilty on Wednesday. Um, but I'm yeah, still not he's not love to hate at the moment. Completely sure what his end game is, because on 
our Facebook group, I think somebody was saying, oh, it turns out that he was after Paul all along. Yes, I saw that. And um, like, that's why we watched that last scene. And I was like, I, I wasn't getting that. Don't get maybe. it. I don't know what he's up to still. I think well, it's just no, well, destruction. We didn't, we didn't get why he uh, planned to get Will to go up to the flat. Was it to mess up the flat? Oh, yeah, was it just true. to smash up the piano? Oh, somebody said something on Twitter that made sense and I forgot what it was. Just literally just to cause dissent, surely. Yeah. I mean, it. I certainly wouldn't... It worked. <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't blame Paul or would I that, that, with what happened because B- Billy's like the fact that it was it's Paul's fault that someone got hit look, by a car and trouble. that's a bit of a stretch this is the trouble it wasn't actually Todd's plan that anyone would know it was Will and that someone would get run over by a car no <laughs> yet somehow he still got what he, he wanted out he, of it. he wanted to smash the piano because that piano that's was a it. symbol of that's family it. joy and togetherness and happiness that's right that's what it was mm. But why didn't Will just go in there and smash up the piano then? He went and started pouring beer all over the place he's first. a hooligan. He's just getting caught he's up in the He's a ne'er-do-well. Thank yeah. God the robot was moved. Oh, yes, we, we noticed that, didn't we? The, 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 the well, he, table he, like, where the robot the usually is, our favourite robot. And yeah, I was like, oh, robot no! robot was suspiciously missing. I think they've removed the robot. I think that now we've got Harriet as um, Summer. As summer. I think that they've just like, no, don't do the robots robot thing. It's silly. Oh, they should have got the robot stunt double. Because, let's face it, and I've, this was always my problem with Old Summer, she wasn't into robots, she was into statues of robots. Because yeah. you can you can make a statue of a robot, it doesn't mean you're into robotics. <laughs> Having a shell of a robot, anyone can do that. I did I did enjoy Will's scene where he was smashing up the place, though. I, I always like it when they have characters smash up imagine how, flats. It must be so yeah, satisfying. But imagine, and that piano, no, but listen... Imagine how nerve wracking it would be if you're you a new take. character, like you you you're only you haven't been in the show for very long, and you yeah you have to smash stuff up, and you've I got mean, to make sure that you're you know you're in the right position. You're not. If if he'd have gone wrong smashing that piano yeah. up, what would they like, have done? You can't just wheel another one in there. I I but that must have been so so satisfying for the actor that did it. I know, but whilst at the same time as being nervous, but sometimes you just want to. It, it made Michael, me, you know. this was a thing, right? We were both watching this scene together, and you could tell out of the two of us who had grade what was it eight, eight. in piano, and who's who's like barely who touched was... a piano in their life. Because I was going, oh my god, look at that, and you were going, ha ha, smash it, yeah, smash it to pieces, take that piano. The way you're speaking there it makes it sound like you're the pianist. No. Michael's the one I, that I was revenge. the one that was made to go to piano lessons for many years, right until I, oh man, it was, by the time I got my grade eight piano, you the, were like, all I of the joy had been hammer. removed for it. it was, uh, yeah, so um, yeah, good on Will for that. But that, that was, Quite ironic, really, that was lots of fun. pianos are just tiny hammers and strings. I know, I know. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed <laughs> the punch. Um, what but, punch? You know, the punch, punch of the cupboard door. Oh, Paul punching. Yeah. I really I just, don't like but, when people do that. But I, I don't know. I, I can't think of who came out of this as a likable character. Oh, I know. That's, that's the problem. There was nobody for? for me to root for. Because I but don't... he was being a massive hypocrite and he was, oh, yeah. he went too, he was far too harsh on Paul. He's so yes, Paul shouldn't have been such an idiot he and given Will his, his phone number. But it's a bit of a stretch to say just because Paul yeah. did that, then someone like, got hit by a car. you've never made a mistake in your life, Mr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, massive, massive addict. hypocrite. And like, look, like how privileged, honestly, Billy is in his life that he has fallen on his feet over and over again. How many times has he completely screwed up and still... Out of virtue of the fact that he's got a really great support system and he seems to be loaded, honestly. He must have... He's got he's got money tucked away somewhere. You know he has. He's got a plummy accent. 
He falls on his feet continuously, whereas Paul makes the slightest mistake. He gets kicked back out, and now he's basically homeless. Yeah. And I also was really upset for Paul, because he... Remember how excited he was when he found out that Billy was going to be an archdeacon and they get to live in a fancy house? Now he doesn't even have that crummy little flat to live in anymore. He's couch surfing with a bunch of babies. <laughs> I know. But so, so were you, you were sympathising with Paul the most way? I wasn't I just, really, I I was only really sympathising to sympathize with Paul. Paul. He into... just comes across as being so thick. <laughs> I know, he's thick, isn't he? <laughs> he's not very... He's not well equipped. Me. <laughs> he's not well equipped for the trials and tribulations. But that, that punch of the cover just encapsulated it was, it was just like, his inability Paul to... angry. Yeah, because he's such a... Oh. Uh, but Michael, we're but supposed listen, to like him. Listen, he's supposed to be the victim in this. Some people and are said, thick. I know, I know. And um, they deserve happiness as well. But... Uh, and and then like I said, Todd, I don't, I wasn't sympathising with this week, and it's like, but I don't think we were supposed to. So yeah, and, and, and some yeah. we're supposed He's... to sympathise with someone because she's got hit by a cart. No, she's up and doing cartwheels by Wednesday. She's like, episode. I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah, I want to go meddle in someone else's dating life. Um. So it's just that that this story just well, that's dragged dragged we the week down really. Um, you said story trajectory is looking I've written obvious. here story trajectory Where, looking Where's obvious. it going? I can't remember what I was thinking then. So maybe it's not as obvious as I thought it <laughs> was at the time. It's secret even to you. No, it seems like, it seems like Todd is going to try and it, it is succeeding in his mission to seduce Billy. But then Billy is going to realise, oh, Todd's actually a wrong one. Paul, come back to me. Let's get married. That's where oh, it looks yeah, like it's going to be. Yeah, you did say to me when they were having the fight, you were like, so they're going to get married by the end of the year. Yeah, basically. And... And it, uh, and that's a shame for me because I just don't think they're particularly well suited to each other. Really, I'd rather Nina and Asher got married. I totally would rather. Yeah, I think they're a bit. Well, they're not too young, but they're not too young. It's a bit too soon, isn't it? A L- little um, bit too. But soon. can you imagine how beautiful they would both look in Hindu wedding garb? Because remember when Sunita. Well, remember when Sunita and um, Dev got married? They had really nice outfits, and I think that. Um, if they're if they're sort of embarking on a kind of new millennium um relationship where they're you know mixed race um not don't put a label on it but they're gay mm. <laughs> gay married um which you couldn't do before why not t- why not take a bit of um the heritage of, of asher's background and yeah, maybe maybe asher can wear a nice um hindu wedding outfit and nina can be like have a like Queen Victoria kind of black morning <laughs> morning dress. So I wonder I do wonder if Billy is going to get married to Paul or Todd or whatever later in the year. I can't remember what the what the the latest, you know, Church of England Guidance. advice of this is. But surely, surely Billy wouldn't I wanna say not get married it's really in a church. Frustrating to me that Billy seems so reluctant to face up to the fact that his religion is discriminating against him. Well, he, he had that line this week saying, oh, you know, maybe celibacy is the way to go. I know, yes, <laughs> I, I, I pointed that out to you because it was like he had heard that from someone else. Like the bishop has said to him, are you sure you're going to carry on being gay because now you're the archdeacon? Maybe celibacy is, is for you? And he's like, yes, maybe celibacy is for me. You're right. Men are too much like hard work. <laughs> yeah. If only I was straight, it'd be so much easier to control these women. Yeah, he's just, oh, 
I don't understand. Like, I understand that he has faith and he believes in God, and I'm not going to take that away from anybody, but I will say there's a way of being a Christian without subscribing to the Church of England's dogma about whether you should be able to be married in a church. And Mm. if it's really important to you that you want to get married in a church and you think that um, God approves of your relationship, which I assume Billy does, Mm. why would you not then seek out a different branch of Christianity that was more accepting? Yeah. I think it would be really progressive of Coronation Street to acknowledge there are more than just Church of England Christians. Well, yeah, I mean, um, we had when Roy and Haley got married, they went to the that. Humanist. that the, 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 they had the church, didn't they? The special church. But humanist isn't a Christian. No, no, no. But there was a particular church. I can't oh, remember I where remember. it was that Mark took me um, on my little tour oh, okay. with him uh, down in um, Duckinfield, was it? Um, and then they would allow this wedding to be filmed there, whereas other ones wouldn't. That's I can't remember sad, what they it? what they said it was, but but the thing is, they they need to be able to film outside the street for that to happen because at the moment weddings are literally bistro or Victoria Gardens. That's your lot of wedding venues, isn't it? I just think it's really sad because it seems that it sends a message that Billy can't be married because he's a Christian, and that's not true because I'm sure. That there are gay Christians who are married. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I just don't think it's. I think it's kind of anti, anti Christian, and I know that some people don't like religion at all in any guise whatsoever, because you know of obviously all of the issues surrounding it. But I also think that there, the we should be accepting of people no matter what the, their religion is, and I don't think it's fair to to say that all Christians are, against gay marriage no so I think it's very representative I think they kind of thought they were being progressive by saying we've got a gay vicar oh they totally and then were. they went oh yeah well the reality of it is well it's like the quads isn't it they, they, it's one of these things like well how about we do this and like, oh <laughs> uh oh stuck <laughs> now we've really done it yeah. yeah I just really I would like to see Billy um, sort of get his dream wedding but I can't <laughs> see him doing it with Paul and I don't understand why he I can't just, see him. Kind of I can't so, see him getting it together like, with Todd now because Todd's being made to look too villainous. Actually, I would prefer. He can't get what he, what I, he wants. I think that Todd and Billy make the better couple, honestly. Um, but I think the way that Todd is being shown to be so manipulative that doesn't feel it like the, feel, the happy be like ending. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, so I can only see then perhaps they go to get married. Maybe Todd and Billy, and then call it off. There's got to be a gay wedding. Can we not have another? Have we ever had? Nope. No gay weddings at all. Nope. We had. They got close with Sophie and Sean. Yeah. And, and Rana kind of got married to Kate in the rubble of the factory. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they, they they haven't yet. So it's it's probably on the cards, but it's really it's frustrating. Not, it's, not it's just so it's annoying to watch Billy as such a self-loathing gay man that he's joined an organisation that seems to have one of its main objectives is to oppress him like mm. what are you doing you're 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 like the architect of your own oppression you're getting higher up you're being an archdeacon and and the thing about it is is that we know coronation street's not going to do a story where billy kind of like rehabilitates the church of england no is he no um i was also when just going back to what we were saying earlier about the story trajectory looking obvious that i just wanted to say about that phone in the bin Yes, why it looked they like that? somebody was going day? to find it, and it seems like it's too late for somebody to yeah. find it now. But didn't they say to Will, "You got to delete your messages"? And, and he didn't. But no, he didn't. He just chucked it anyway. So it looked like it was going to be found the next day, but I mean, it wasn't. No, 
Maybe so it ma- will be. Maybe. Let's move on. I mean, Jake- we, we, do, we have our bins collected once a fortnight, don't we? So maybe it's the same in Coronation Street, so they've got a little bit longer. Yeah, you want to know the worst thing about that is we still have to pay the same amount of council tax. Uh, <laughs> right, Jacob's badder. <laughs> <laughs> awful um so leanne's on the phone on monday morning she's behind with her electricity bill that lucky bill that always seems to be a problem in coronation street doesn't it i, I do are we just like too privileged that... michael we are blessed okay. you don't understand when i was just a kid comes out. when i was no when i was a kid i remember the the meter you'd have to be like it, i remember sitting in the did dark you have a meter? well did my you uncle did meter? i used to spend a lot of my summers in on the other way looking after oh, the White, my cousins yeah. and my uncle would often not have money for the meter and we would have to sit in the dark sometimes i remember one time we didn't have any money and we all <laughs> this is such a like early 2000s i think i can't remember what it was we all had mobile phones it wasn't 2000s we all had it must have been a 90s thing then yeah we all had mobile phones somehow and we were listening to ringtones on our on our phones because we didn't have anything else to do because it was dark and we couldn't listen oh. or watch anything. And I also remember that he had, when we went to go to, because the other way it's quite big and it's a bit rural and to go shopping, you'd have to like go to a different part of the island in your car and he could only afford five pounds worth of petrol. And every time we'd go, he'd put the five pound petrol in the car and then we'd drive back and that was all he could afford to, to do. So I... When I see stuff like this, this, like, yeah, this mm. happens. Electricity bill. Like you got but to Leanne lives in a swanky flat. But she isn't working. We've, we, we've known, haven't we? So. Well, you know, I think, I think you, you had quite a, a... Not posh, but you were always secure, weren't you? Like, yeah, you never I know, worried. I like, I remember worrying about money all the time. I remember watching my mum cry because I broke a vase. We couldn't afford to replace it. This is why, i tell you one thing, this is what it gets me about this story. I feel so bad for, for Simon watching this because I remember the, the crushing yeah. guilt of being a child and being involved in financial conversations about things that really and understanding that well, my parents didn't have money for this, that or the other stuff mm. and watching people struggle and, and, and work really hard and knowing that they were feeling bad and then I felt guilty because I wanted certain things and like... Um, accepting, I remember like my pa- my grandparents buying me stuff, and my mum and dad making me feel bad about it because they said it was too much money, you know. Mm. I this makes me feel bad watching this. I feel so sorry for Simon because he's he, he's pretty. I mean, he's quite old, you know. He's not a young kid, but he's still being forced to confront problems that should be far in the distance for him, and he should also be able to rely on his parents to su- provide for him without guilt tripping without having to resort to becoming a drug mule which is what goes on he did yeah i will of... say i don't want anyone to get the wrong impression i had a really great childhood um and we weren't always like uh, you know and it was was part of my family that had more troubles than i did so i totally were more privileged than they were but we never resorted to selling drugs <laughs> well this kind of sneaks up on simon over the course of the week doesn't it because we get to meet his new chip shop right i'd forgotten that simon worked in the chip shop did you when he was hanging around out there i was like oh okay so he works there now does he and we don't get to see inside the chip shop of course because we haven't seen that for like 15 years or so but he has got a new friend that works there jacob jacob hay uh, and i'm sure there'll be some that's going to be right for some kind of storyline title with hay um hey jude yeah that's all i can think of um so 
this this uh, Jacob seems to be loaded and just chucks Simon sixty pounds because they're mates and says, "Oh yeah, just pay me back, whatever." And R. Kelly comes along. Now she seems to know Jacob, and as the end of the week come along, we still don't really know the 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 extent of that. There's a little bit more on Wednesday, but she kind of puts warns him off. Yeah, and 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 we get the idea that that Jacob's a bit of a wrong one. So um. Simon goes home at the end of the episode and he's he sorted out the bills. He's got a prepaid meter for the flat um, and Leanne's chuffed with him for being so grown up about it. So she's not slept on come Wednesday and Simon's kind of chipping her on and he's, he's doing the breakfast and everything. He's tidying up. She can't be doing with all this heads back to bed because she's still in hermit mode. Um, Simon... Oh, this is, this is terrible. Simon like, goes when to you, work. When, you're, when your mental health is affecting your children... I totally understand that she's grieving and it's really hard, but I just can't... I'm really hoping that this is... I'm really upset with adults that allow their mental health issues to impact on their children. I've all touched words and everything, but this story seems to be like the making of Simon. I've actually got... Over the few weeks, got a newfound respect for him. He's he's taken on, you know, taking the reins of the family, isn't he? And he's sorting his mum out, which is lovely. Rather than beating her up like it's he really used to hard do. watching watching Leanne, Leanne struggle, and it's very easy to say you should just get help when she obviously is not in her right mind, and she no. it's just really frustrating because you know that she knows that she should not be putting all of this on on no. his shoulders because you know he's paid the electricity bill and he's got a blooming prepaid meter, this, this and this is... is another thing that upsets me because we had this. Like in my uncle's house, it's is more expensive, and it puts a burden on you because you have got to you've got to keep filling it back up, and it costs more money. And that this is how people get trapped in cycles of poverty because we pay less for our electricity than people who are living with far with far less money than we've got. Mm. We don't even know we're born. No, no. Um, this story seems to be lacking Toya somewhat. I would have thought. It'd be nice for her to go round. Yeah, he he did today. Um, Anyway, so Simon goes to work, gets his bike stolen, um, and then Jacob offers him another loan. This was obviously Jacob that did this because I said to you at the time, "How did that bike get stolen?" When Jacob was standing facing where the bike was the whole time and never once moved on his head or turned his head away, and then walked in that direction past where the bike should have been, and somehow the bike was taken without anybody noticing. It's obviously he's stolen this bike. Yeah, but so he he says. Look, you have some more Using money. magic. You have some more money. And Simon says, no, I want to earn my money. Um, so no, I the, want free money. What are you Later on, R. Kelly sees Simon again and tells him once that Jacob went to prison once for stabbing someone over drugs. And Simon says, so what? He's got a past. He's changed. He's not a drugs person anymore. And Kelly's like, hmm, let's just see. He's like, I so used to, I used to um, be Friday, in a gang. So. Simon is on a mission. Um, he's, Jacob tells him that he can be involved in his side business if he wants to make a bit more cheddar, which Yummy. is what the young kids call money these days or something. <laughs> um, and you can get it in slices or chunks. <laughs> so Simon's, uh, Simon's first mission, which he did choose to accept, was to venture outside the confines of the Coronation Street dun, set dun, for the first dun, time dun, in like dun, six dun, months dun, or dun, more dun, dun, to go dun, and deliver dun, dun. some drugs to a nasty looking woman in the car. And this was... Literally just outside she... that front gate of Coronation Street. Yeah. So you know the gate that they use that they for the prison sometimes. It's like, you know, 
30 seconds walk down the road there and we were watching it and I it's was like it's away from the Imperial War Museum isn't it it was uh, yeah it was down Trafford Wharf Road and I was like I, I recognise that grassy <laughs> bank on the other side of the road that's, that's where the Canada geese hang out it is it blessed is. people it is that's where the Canada geese are um, yeah so you can have a look on our Twitter if you want to see where that is from Google yeah uh, we're not fooled no anyway <laughs> she, he gives her this packet I'm surprised they haven't used that bit before honestly because it's a really good it was a good dodgy it's drop such off a, such a small like really 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 um tight area but if you film it right it looks like it's kind of a big sort of abandoned yeah. kind of factory yeah but area it's not or, at all is it no. so yeah she she drives off without paying goes over his bike for good measure oops that's um, the second bike he's got for in a and week so simon has to go and tell jacob this bad news who is talking about how dire the consequences oh, are no. going to be because he, oh, there's the threat of this big boss yeah. who's not going to be very happy he's gonna be mad um, so Daniel sees this, uh, Simon getting warned What's this? by What's Jacob. Daniel doing? I don't really know. He's I mean, gone to do his PGCE. Oh yeah, he's just started a PGCE, which is perfect timing. And yeah, I don't know whether is you, the perfect time of the year. I, I mean, I would say that PGCE almost always, if not exclusively always, start in September. But do you not know, I Michael, know? we're in a pandemic and qualifications mean nothing and there's no We need more teachers for the key workers' children. Yeah, he just wants, we need more young, strong teachers. I'd say that he just wants to get, you know, higher up the list for vaccination, but we know what Daniel thinks about vaccinations. Don't like him. No. Also, we know that teachers ain't going to be on the top of the list. Oh, I know. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so, so he talks to Daniel about it, but he says it's cool, it's fine. He's um, like, don't worry about it, man. And Daniel's like, tell your parents, you weirdo. You're only a little boy. We, we have also have, um, we have, oh yeah, Daniel tells Simon that he needs to go and tell Leanne yeah. and Nick about uh, what's going on. So he goes home and he... says, Mum, I've got something to tell you. And she says, I've got something to tell you first, Simon. Um, I've quit my job. Because we had Imran come round yeah. earlier, didn't we? And wanted her back to the lawyer's office. And she's like, She's no, like, I, I don't cope. want to disturb you or anything, but when are you coming back to your job? And then she says to Simon, oh, Imran, Imran fired me oh, while yeah. I quit. <laughs> uh, yeah, then he goes to see Nick. Uh, and Nick's on the blower to Natasha, who turns out that she's not actually coming back to Weatherfield earlier, which is a, which was strange because why did they ever say that she was? Um, but Simon is pleased with this because it means that Nick and Sam won't, well, Nick at least won't be moving back to his and Leanne's flat, so he gets to hide the fact that Leanne is in desperate need of support oh. for a little bit longer. How many times do you remember being a kid and keeping a secret because you thought that you couldn't tell anybody because you'd get in trouble, but actually the best thing to have done would have been to tell everybody. This is exactly what is going on with Simon. Yeah, Leanne would probably be mad at him for about five minutes, but she's really not asking it's too much best. of him. And he does not understand... like. I'm telling you, if you're young and you're listening and you've got a secret that you're not telling your parents, unless they're, like, evil, <laughs> almost 100% of the time, they will help you. There's, and always it gets blown up in your head, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, what, what, your, what your secret is. When you look back, you will probably can't believe how silly it was. Mm. Um, this is, uh, at this point, we find out that um, Jacob was, uh, and the woman are in cahoots. Oh, no. Who saw that coming? Oh, I know. Um, they're, they're, this is when they have their loud talk in the ginnel about how devious they are. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, how they, he's got Tricked Simon him. round his little finger and he's going to get him to do more drug delivery and everything and he's going to get make him think that he... 
He, he basically gets Simon to do the job for free, doesn't it's he? Like to pay for this yeah, bike. This debt thing that you got, it's got interest rates and whatever, and the easiest way for you to pay it back is just to keep working. Yeah. This is what happens to... I know this sounds melodramatic, but this is what happens to um, people that get enslaved in this country. Like, they get told, oh, yeah, you've got this nebulous debt and we're adding money to it all the time and you can't leave until you've paid it off, but mm. we're not going to tell you how much you owe or how much every task you complete takes down the debt you're just going to work until we've decided that you're not that you don't owe us any more money and they literally have no choice like simon's kind of stu- stupefied himself well, it's got this. shades of the uh of the the rick neal and loan shark story as well isn't well it? it's more it's more, yeah yeah and it's like um it's like what happened with alina and stuff yeah yeah totally where they well i mean Simon's tricked into this because he's just being stupid. I think he's been a little bit gullible. But, but I thought usually, he was a bit more switched on than this. Usually it's like they take your passport and uh, threaten your family. Yeah. Because we, we were talking earlier about the Polish slave. What's her name? Marta. Marta. And that's what happened to her. She she had her family in Poland was being threatened. Mm. Yeah, I think that I think that the downside of Simon becoming nicer... Um, is that he's been a bit more gullible about this and maybe he should realise that this isn't the right thing to do. I don't want to be rude, but I never thought Simon was very bright. Simon Simon is also a bit of a pull. I think, I, not as much. It just reacts emotionally to everything mm. rather than thinking about it for any length of time because that hurts your brain. Where, where, do you think, <laughs> where do you think this is going then, anyway? Is it he's just, just going to keep being a drugs mule until he gets caught by somebody, maybe Craig... And then Craig will be like, Dan, come here. Guess what? Your kid's a drug mule. Don't tell anyone. And then Dan will be like, what have I done to my son? How could I? Um, and then she'll like do something symbolic, like put some papers in the bin and like take her pyjamas off and put a suit on or something. Be like, no more of this nonsense. <laughs> and then she'll get a job as a lawyer and like fire Imran. And then Simon will be like, oh, thanks, mum. You're the best. And then she'll say, right, now let's sort Peter out. And then she'll sort of like do that and he'll get a new kidney or whatever he needs. Is that just all off the cuff? You need to get a job on the storyline, into. I was wondering whether Simon's going to end up, you know, giving some of these pills to Leanne, or or is she going to find them or mistake them for her pills or something? Because oh yeah, true. She's on she's on drugs, but they're all right. They're good drugs. Yeah, but if they're not working, I've... maybe Simon's going to say that have some of this. But what drugs were Simon's drugs? I don't. I didn't know. We didn't really get there a good look at them. Three main I think, types. I think that they might have been cocaine drugs. There's the white I think ones. They were white. There's the white powdery ones, there's the green ones, and there's the brown ones. brown ones, ones, yeah. I think these were the white drugs, because you get to see him. He's got a little bag full of them, hasn't he, on the table at the end of the episode before he goes out with his hood up to to show that he means business. And if you're watching that, what's that programme? They've got the blue drugs. It's breaking bad. Yeah, (laughs) blue ones. Um, This is an alright story. I'm, I'm not, you know, a massive fan of Simon. Jacob, first impressions... Fine. Thug of the month. I, I, yeah, it is a bit. I, I'm, I'm. I think, I think, he said he felt a bit more like that at the beginning of the week. I think he's got a bit going for him. But it, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit too. There seems to be too I'm many new jaded, team yeah. characters. I'm getting a bit jaded they, by they, the amount of like just mindless, like thug people that come on the show that have no real. I, I'm more I'm, motivation other than I'm gonna screw your life up. 
I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking there's too many teens. Yeah, Because we've got Kelly, we've got Corey, we've got... Yeah, I don't um, care about New all Summer, these extra ones. We've got Jacob now. It, it feels like it's a bit too much. And, and, and none of them are... I mean, Asher and Nina are the best teens. They, they're, they're lacking somewhat in personality because they're all a bit one-dimensional. Yeah. And they're all introduced for story purposes, which is never a good way to mm. endear yourself to the, to the viewers. Like, even R. Kelly, who is a complicated more complicated than the rest of them i don't like her at all but at least she's there for a story reason when's that gonna happen mm. if they can go <laughs> you know we're saying about like um they're doing location shooting now you said that they're across the road from where the drugs thing was there's a nice verge yeah maybe they could put some fake trees in and go oh look i found rick's body in the woods yeah maybe. <laughs> why are there geese in this woods don't ask questions yeah, um, but I forgot what I was going to say now. Sorry. No, it's all Why right. Why is Daniel there? I don't know. Simon's being gullible. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Teens. Teen yeah, drugs. It, it's gone out of my head. I, I'm not particularly thrilled by the storyline. But it feels oh, like it's building up to something. But I don't know what. Sorry, I don't like drug storylines. I don't like... They're, all, they're always boring and annoying and businessy. That's the thing about drugs, is they're all a bit businessy, aren't they? Like, oh, you owe me 20 pounds, three grams, this, whatever. Too complicated, too boring. It's the same with, um, because you know how I'm into my true crime stuff. Mm. Whenever there's a case and it's like there's all these crazy details, like, oh, why did she do this? And what was she doing there? And how did she manage to do that? And it's always there were all on drugs and it's boring. (laughs) I thought there was a ghost, but no, it's always drugs. I wonder whether maybe Leanne's going to find the, the, the drugs and go, oh, this takes me back. Do you remember when I was working with Jazz Quigley and he was getting me on the oh, drugs? Oh, Simon, I used to love drugs. Yeah, how's about your age, Simon? Have you got any of the brown ones? <laughs> right, Johnny Jailbird. We didn't have anything for this on Monday, but on Wednesday, um, Jenny is not coping. She can't ring the prison because he's got to phone her. She's worried about him because he's getting his results and she's like really anxious about it. From the brain doctor. Daisy's like, let's go shopping, take your mind off things. And Jenny's like, yeah, you know, I don't really fancy it, to be honest. Too much hassle. So Daisy says, fine, let's go to the bistro and we'll get dressed up and we'll go there instead. So when they go there and have dinner, um, Daisy's like, oh, there's a man who's looking you, looking at you. And Jenny's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And um, so... Daisy's like, look, that's proves it. You don't need to worry about like being old and unattractive. You're still young and hot. You are just married to a total loser. You should get yourself a new man. And Jenny's like, oh, I can't believe it. Um, I don't know how much nice of day. Jenny this man could see because she was sitting with her back to him for pretty I much all of the I thought this was going to be like one of those things where Daisy goes over and she goes over to the men because Jenny leaves. And I thought she was either going to say, oh, would you like my friend's number? And they would have said, no, babes, I was looking at you. Or, here's five pounds, thanks for giving my step-mum... Yeah, the glad eye. ...a wink and a, and, a, and a little kissy face. No, but she just gets his number. She says, can she? I have your number? Then, on Friday, um, Daisy's like, yeah, let's get out on the pull again tonight. And Jenny's like, no, I'm not, I'm not. Um, I feel guilty anyway, as it is. And also, I've got to go see my husband later today. So, Johnny's seeing the doctor in a room that's definitely not the uh, police interview room. With that was definitely not. No, that in. was not the, re- the, the redressed interview room in the slightest. <clears throat> the, the doctor is, says, you have a new legion on your brain and we've got to change your medication. It's really bad news. So, when Jenny comes... No, it's legion, isn't it? I've written legion. Legion. He's got a, yeah. Legion. He's got a brain problem. You've got legions on the brain. 
You too much ancient Roman stuff. What about the Greeks? Oh no, they had legions as well, didn't they? What about the Gauls? If you ever read Asterix, that's quite fun. <laughs> Jenny comes to visit him, and she t- he tells her the bad news. But on the plus side, he might be able to see again in five weeks or so. But his MS will never get any better, and he won't be the same when he comes out. And you need to prepare yourself for this. So Jenny's really upset. But before she comes back, Rita and Daisy have a conversation and Rita's asking about about Jenny and stuff. And Daisy's like, oh, yeah, she should dump that loser. And Rita's like, no, what do you mean? Then Jenny comes in all upset, comes back, tells she goes and washes her hands, comes back and tells Rita the bad news. And she's really upset. And she I think this is a really this is really interesting story about what do you do when your partner has some kind of physical ailment that you know is degenerative and you're not prepared for what that means mm. you know so um because i remember when we got married and we had to give our vows and we have to say in sickness and in health and whenever you get sick i'm always like oh for god's sake can you not just get over it and stop whining <laughs> and being horrible and i did think about saying can i just skip that bit because i'm not really good with sick people and I do worry what I'll be like if you ever get sick. Because I think I'll just be a horrible bitch to you the whole time. <laughs> and I just think the irony of my life is probably that you'll get some horrible disease. Wouldn't that be ironic? Oh, totally. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. You can just leave me in a darkened room when I get sick. manner isn't the best. No, it isn't. <laughs> um, and it's difficult because it's really hard to admit that you're not a good person and a nice lovely nursey woman who's going to be you know war war his a lemsip sort of thing because it's not just you know a week's worth this is for the rest of the life and only getting worse mm. and, and 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 she she talks about you know what's going to be left what, of me yeah yes i really like this she fit there's a lot that that was fit into this really short scene about jenny just kind of confessing her worries and i think that um we don't really get to see that kind of aspect do we? Of of Jenny or No, of just relationships. No. In soap especially. What is it like? What's it like when when somebody <clears throat> was able bodied and then but you know, it's it's difficult obviously for Jen, Johnny as well. Um but we're not seeing it from his perspective so much as Jenny's because she's talking to Rita about this. It's weird, she's it's saying, a Johnny story, but it's not yeah. really, is it? He's being tucked away in prison, quietly growing <laughs> yeah. a beard. But it's about the it effect that it's having on, on Jenny. I thought it looked quite good with that, yeah. Yeah, it's the effect that it's having on Jenny. And I, I really, really did love those scenes Some where great, Jenny kind yeah. of opens up. and um, Another great scenes with Rita, you know, more nostalgia with her talking uh, about Ted. Well, just putting, you know, putting Rita and Jenny in a scene yeah. together is pretty much enough to, you know, get, make my heart go a little flutter and remember back to the Corrie's, Corrie's golden era. Um, but yeah, they, so, yeah. They, 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 it was it was lovely and yeah, great she action was... from Sal as well. Yeah, um, I really felt for her in this. And, and, and um... the thing is about Jenny is also I think that she's kind of a unique character in that she's like, she's not a f- she she's very honest about her weaknesses and like, like you know she's um. Re- remember when they were being held hostage and she was like, oh, I don't want to die. She wasn't being brave or anything. She's just being really brutally honest about her feelings. Yeah. And it's interesting to have characters like that that um, don't just get, be heroic and kind of... Um, un- kind of unrealistic. Because I think even the most stalwart, loving partners will 
at times find it difficult even if you naturally take to being caring to to cope with the incessant needs of somebody Mm. especially depending on what the patient's like they they, you know not everybody is well adjusted to being reliant on somebody else especially johnny i wouldn't have imagined this is this is when rita pipes up about um her ted doesn't she ted sullivan um and says well i kind of got through that you'll get through this although i mean Ted really, was only around for a few months. He wasn't months, really, really ill either. He just died. Yeah, but um, that was quite funny that they talked about that because we've not long watched that I episode. It's I, like I think they're that, following. I think that Coronation Street have got the same DVD box set as us and they're, are going through at the same pace with yeah. us. Yeah, they're trying to catch up. <laughs> First with our it was Ken and his uh, suicide with that, and now it's yeah. Ted. But um, yeah, that was, that was quite a sweet story that we watched with, uh, with those two. I liked that Ted. So yeah, what's yeah, the lovely, basic lovely story too. of Ted? Then he was an American. Or was he an no. English? He lived in America. No, he was totally English, wasn't he? He was well, like they a posh old to English to... sweet salesman. He was I don't retired... remember that part. Yeah, he was a retired sweet sales salesman. But he wanted them to move to live in Florida. That's where I'm getting confused. Yes. Yeah. So he wanted them to move to Florida. And they they met up. She fell in love with him. Really, like, head over heels. And he was like... Let's he was move. just like the perfect all, he, gentleman, yeah. wasn't he? First of all, with the bombshell was he wanted them to live in Florida. Then she kind of adjusted to that. And then the next bombshell was, I'm dying of a brain tumour and I don't know how long I've got left. And she had to cope with that. And then they never even went to Florida in the end, even though she was planning to move there with him. He just yeah, they, died on a bench. They went to visit and um, and she kind of put the, the kibosh on it and said, look, I don't want to, you to die because you're going to die and me be stranded out there in Florida. I need to be stuck here with oh, my Oh, so she decided not to move to Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. see some of it. You story. saw some bits <laughs> of it. I saw um, him dying. And, and yeah, so it's, that was obviously lovely to, to describe that. And then he, he died on a bench while Percy Sugden was playing bowls. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, nostalgia, love it. So so that that was a great, great scene. More but, of those, please. And we've seen so little of Rita in the past six, eight months anyway, haven't we? So that was that was quite nice. But the, the probably the biggest storyline thing they haven't mentioned yet which just to, to tie a bow on all of it was as jenny was saying what shall i do put in a stair lift what kind of how long will how many years blah 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 and then stacy says no just dump him yeah D- and then Daisy's Rita's just... like shut up yeah that was good we need more of rita telling daisy to watch her mouth because when um when Daisy was alone with Rita earlier and she was like, oh, Jenny just needs to give uh, Johnny the heave-ho, Rita was like, uh, no, actually. Daisy is in real danger of becoming a one-trick pony who only ever says, you should dump Johnny. And I they're, don't they're get not, it. She's been in it long enough to have had a bit more depth at this point. Well, she's, she's obviously very she was selfish and self-absorbed. And it is fun to watch a character like that. Especially a really young, attractive girl who like is completely self-confident and totally unaware of the fact that um, not everybody cares that you're pretty. Um, she, she's really yeah. She she just hates Johnny, and With no particular we're reason. We're not sure why. Like there are various theories as to why. Like she wants the pub for herself. She wants to get rid of him to muscle in there she she wants inheritance maybe she wants to get jenny back with her stepdad i don't know she just comes across as being very um one-dimensional one, yeah. one note and and not likable and, but, and but for the no first time it was kind of funny it, yeah. when she was going oh because johnny and jenny were having an argument and now she's just been a horrible because cow as bag. far as i can really ma- manage to make out she doesn't know johnny no like Jenny and Johnny got married. So so the story of Jenny was that she 
Um, she left the street. At some point, she marries a man. I've forgotten his name. They have a son. The son drowns in a pool. She goes a bit crackers. She ends up in a bed set. She tries to reconnect with Rita. Rita rejects her, but then follows her. Then she kind of comes back. Then she snatches Jack, and then she kind of goes away again. She goes crackers. Then she comes back. So sorry, everybody. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then she's been in the show ever since. Started off working as a cleaner in the factory. Then she fell in love with Johnny. Then she got married to him. And then they both moved into the Rovers together after they'd installed the factory roof. Now we're here, and at no point do we really see Daisy or Johnny ever meeting. She, Daisy's never mentioned before last year, the end of last year. So the insinuation is that although Jenny and Daisy might keep in touch, they're not a close. She's not close with Johnny. So why is she so hating Johnny so much? Mm. I hope that they explain there's a reason because at the moment she's just coming off as just really evil for no reason but she's not like a oh yeah oh she's so nasty it's just like shut up she's Daisy. Just, yeah she's just stupid like she's and and, and it's also the, it's, it's been banally stupid yeah but it, all, it also winds me up because jenny's so accepting of it yeah she's me, like oh whatever she didn't even what, tell her off when she said dump him then no she was like oh she she kind of said oh watch it you, on wednesday in the pub she's just like what watch what she say but she, yeah, didn't, but she didn't appear Friday, to mean it yeah. On Friday when she's crying, saying, what can I do? And Daisy's like, just get rid of him. And Rita's like, shut your mouth. You never saw Jenny or heard Jenny say, now no. can you stop it, please? Because it's not helping anybody. No. So They've got to they're... be really careful because she, she's, she's... It's like what happened with Evelyn, where they brought her in and they were like, we want everyone to know that this, is the, this person is like this. And they, they thought that because other people in the past have... have had that role of like being the Matalax woman who's like what loved but also crotchety. They thought, well, everyone will just like her instantly because she's like that, but they made no effort to make her likable. Mm. Whereas Daisy's like, oh, yeah, she's like the evil sex pot, but everybody likes her because she's such a minx and she's so funny. Yeah, no, it takes not more yet. Than that. Um, I, I forgot what I was I, I, I just wonder, I don't know. Whether the story, whether it actually benefits from her presence at all. The, yeah, the fact know, that Johnny's yeah. got MS, he's what dealing with it adding? in prison. Jenny's having to face the realities that the guy that she married isn't going to be getting any better. He's got this degenerative condition. That sounds like a story, enough as it is. But also, if you're like saying, oh, but she needs somebody to confide in, there are so many characters that exist already yeah, so that, that work in the pub that she could be talking to. Yeah. I mean, how much more kind of poignant would it be to have her and Emma talking about this and mm. her saying you know oh, I'm really upset about Johnny and Emma saying well you know my brother's just died I would have cared for him for the rest of his life and then Jenny saying well it, you know it's different because you I'm the only one you know there would have been a really interesting conversation to be had between Emma and Jenny because Emma you know she's got such a big heart you know that she would say I'd care for my brother yeah but you know, the practicalities of the fact that they would both be getting older and older and Jenny's got no support system. Mm. There's also the, the problem I have with Daisy is the fact that there's well, there's the lingering possibility that Jenny might be tempted to go off with someone else, which I absolutely don't want. <laughs> because I, I used to really, really like them as a couple, maybe gone off a little bit, but that's partly just due to the fact that we've seen so little of them and Johnny had that, you know... Um, character assassination moment last year where they turned him into a crazy bank robber but (laughs) 
scenes like today in the prison where Gemma, Jenny goes to visit him and is clearly so upset and sympathetic because she loves him, that showed that they, they do have something there worth saving. Um, and it would it break my little heart if she ends up going off with someone else just for, you know, a soap magazine cover or Jenny sleeps with whoever. And I know I, when I did my predictions for this year, I was like, oh, Jenny's going to go off with Steve or whatever. But Steve. I don't think it's really going to happen. I, I don't want Johnny and Jenny to split up. Um, I just want Daisy to, to sod off, really. And no, I want I Jenny want to, to tell her to. I want Jenny to sling her out like Beth slung out Tanya Pooley. <laughs> I really like I really like the concept of Daisy, but I just think that fifty percent of her lines are "You should leave Johnny," and until I've got a reason to understand why she's saying this, I don't sympathise with her or get it at all. And I'd rather that she was just being catty and funny to everybody and clueless and vacuous and and shallow because that's more interesting to me than I, saying the same lines. I can't think what her reason could be that'd make me like her at this no, point. No. I agree, but. No, I don't know. I don't know. Right, uh, Peter's story. This is another one that was cut dead in the middle of the week, wasn't it? I was, you know, the way that this was going last week and the way it started on Monday, it was like, okay, this is going to be the big story of the week, but he's just tootled off to the detox hospital on by Wednesday. But Monday, there were some more fantastic scenes. Chris Gascoigne, absolutely amazing in, in Monday's episode. And, and Ali, uh, Ali King as well, great. So, um... He he and Carly go off to a manor house in Cheshire somewhere for some reason. They come back. Peter's found it pretty boring, and but it's also taken out of him a bit because he's a bit worn out and wobbly. So they go to have lunch in the Rovers, which he swears is going to be fine. But Carly's like, you, you sure that's not just a bit in temptation in your path? And he's like, no, 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 let's go into the Rovers um, so that I can have more angsty sound effects kind of moments. They seem to be overusing it a little bit. Or the kind of... <laughs> Sort of, you know what I mean. That's what you sound like when you eat a hot pot. Uh, he's he's there being tempted by the beer, basically, um, while Jenny and Carla are whittering on about the 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 lyrics to "Should I Stay or Should I Go," and um, he gets all kind of. That reminds me. She was saying that the lyrics don't make any sense because, like, if your choice is should I, if I stay, there will be trouble. But if I go, there will be was it or whichever mm. way around it was. She's like, well, obviously you go for the one that's half the amount of trouble. Yeah. That reminds me, I was reading this article about the person who wrote loads of lyrics for pop music in the 90s. Apparently, I might be getting this completely wrong, and this might be a joke that I've misinterpreted as the truth, but apparently there was some guy who was Swedish who wrote lots of lyrics for pop songs, and that's why lots of them don't make any sense. <laughs> like, um, Hit Me Baby One More Time was supposed to be like Hit Me Up, but he thought that Hit Me was the same as Hit Me Up. Mm. And I Want It That Way doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But that Backstreet Boys that was written by somebody whose English was not oh, very well, good. There you go. Interesting. So maybe it's the same thing for should, should I, I stay, stay or should, should I, I go? go? Maybe. Anyway, Peter gets um too too tense by all this and he can't cope. So he well, gets no, up because and he's leaves, sitting there looking sitting at sitting there looking at his pint. Why pint. on earth? I said this on Twitter, but there's a difference between um, understanding that you will always be tempted, and put and literally sitting in front of the thing that you want the most but cannot have. This is why they say never go shopping when you're hungry, food shopping when you're hungry. And also it is easier to avoid, it's easier to use your willpower in the shop to not buy the sweets than it is to bring the sweets home and then have to uh, exercise your willpower every time you fancy having one but shouldn't really have one. (laughs) 
Um, so maybe we should apply some of these like maybe. diet tips to I don't Peter's. think he's going to make the same mistake again. He goes back home. <laughs> Carla chases after him and he gets all sort of short of breath and clammy about it. He thinks he, he wants to have his dose of whiskey, but she's... No. Like, no, she thinks... She he, says, she and then he admits... He's like, no, it's too early. No. But, he, but actually, it turns out that he's not been taking it since the last episode. And after the discussion we had recently on the podcast about the... The, the days in Coronation Street, he did acknowledge that a weekend had passed since they the last I think episode. They somebody else mentioned it as well. They did. Um, anyway. We're listening to this. P- Peter, um, <laughs> he gets the shakes, doesn't he? Well, no, he? listen, this is a really significant confession that he's made here because he is supposed to be detoxing. This is sort of a, a semi-scientific, I don't think it's that... So that scientific it's not like they measure out a certain amount I thought they did because he's no, like he's, he's no, he's, they're giving yeah they're giving him 50 mils but I said this before I don't think it's based on height weight you know how much alcohol do you consume in a week whatever I think they literally just try to give you the minimum amount that they can to stave off the the adverse effects right yeah. so he's still trying he this is a medical process that he is trying to do himself at home but he also has been told previously drink again and you die mm. so he has taken it into his mind that he somehow has willpower superior to his biology that he can he'd rather die conquered conquering the drink and not taking another drop than live and and be tempted by this drink because he says to Carla if I have have another sip I will not be able to stop myself and she's like you have to have it because you'll die this is what happened this is what Amy Winehouse died of Mm. is it you cannot mess around with this well, you, if you, this is why in the end he ends up going to hospital. He's like, like I, I need to go in because he gets the shakes and that that was fantastic acting, wasn't it? It's like the, the seizure last week. Well, really, Carla really also gives him an ultimatum and she says, yeah, he says to her, I'm being set up to fail here because I'm not strong enough. I can't have a little bit. I can't have a little bit. Mm. I've got, it's either nothing or everything. So let's go to hospital. And she says, you take this medicine or over. So he takes it. And then she says, he's, she says to him, I thought this was a really nice line, that's the last time we'll ever have to drink that much. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but um, she says, this will get better. And he says, I've got to go. I've got to go to the hospital. I'll beg them. I don't care what it takes. They have to let me in. I can't be here by myself. I can't do this. Yeah. And it's weird because we were kind of enjoying being able to see this. And it feels like, I, I, don't, want the, I don't want this story to, you know, disappear away for two months and then them come back and he's cured. No, but we do, you know we had a, a message, didn't we, from somebody yes. about um, a relative of theirs and they were telling us that they were very pleased with how well Coronation Street has handled this story because um, the detox beds are very limited and this person said that that is what their experience was mm. and this relative that they had was trying to do this to go through the same process as Peter is going through which is to detox at home and unfortunately they did not survive the process this is serious i don't think people take this seriously enough this is should be medically supervised there should never be a case where you're left to do something like this by yourself mm. i can't believe that they they i thought it was a covid thing the person who contacted us said that this happened a few years ago. Yeah. This is an ongoing problem. I think that there's a bit of um, puritanical snobbery going on here with like, oh, well, you know, alcoholics. 
Maybe. Perhaps, maybe. you know, we, we, if we have the choice of where to put the money, we'll give it to children with cancer. You know what I mean? Like, they, they need as much help and you, you can't... I don't think there's much of an argument to be made about it being self-inflicted when you know that some people are... Um, ease, they have addictive personalities and there really isn't absolutely no safeguarding in society whatsoever for people that are alcoholics putting please enjoy responsibly on the bottom of an advert with a load of people having fun and drinking it doesn't cut it for me having on the back of a label of alcohol going don't have more than three units no 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 also if you're pregnant you can't have it that's not good enough it really is so mind-boggling to me that we allow this i know it's because you can make it at any time Mm. You can't, you can't ban it. You just can't. But we just don't seem to like allow people to make mistakes, and acknowledge that this can be out of your control. Yeah, yeah, no. You if mean. you're so lucky that you don't understand how this is a problem, then you're you should just be grateful. You shouldn't you shouldn't use that as a reason to look down on other people. How many times have we looked back on Coronation Street like actors and their life stories and gone oh yeah they ended up being an alcoholic Mm. it uh, happens to lots of different people for lots of different reasons and it really upsets me how judgmental people can be and the fact that when i heard that this person's relative died because they didn't have a hospital bed i can't believe it there is no other medical thing where you get sent home to to administer like can you imagine if i just think it's nuts i think it's nuts and i think it's not fair it's really, really cruel. And and Pete, so Peter's now gone to have detox in the hospital where he should have been from the beginning. And I don't know what's going to happen. We just left to assume he's we don't okay know how We don't so know how the story is going to end up. Because we've been saying this before on the show, like, oh, Peter's going to be... Peter's going to be fine. It's just going to get new liver or whatever. But really, we we saying this with like just assuming that we if we if Peter Gascoigne was leaving, not Chris Peter, Gascoigne. Chris Gascoigne was leaving, we think we we would have heard about it by yeah. now. But if I they know, were going to pull, a, if they were going to pull a surprise departure out of the bag, the only one to bother with would be Peter. Yeah. For this year, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and I wouldn't like to see that happen, but it is definitely a powerful it's not story. Because it's so difficult. It's another one of these examples where it's like, is it really going to help people who are alcoholics to say, yeah, he tried really hard and then he died? Is that what you want to hear if you're going through this process? Are you going to go, I don't have even. That's exactly the other, the harsh, the other way to go. Yeah. Life isn't perfect. Is watching him continuously messing up and then sort of it's fine even though he was told he would die. Mm. Is that going to help you? No, not really either because you're going to go, oh, well, he's fine. I'm not as old as him. I'm not as bad as he is. I didn't drink as much as he did. Mm. Ooh, it's a really interesting story. And you're like, you're right. It was kind of wrenching to not have it, like only have it on Monday. It feels like it's probably not going to come back for a while. They they were, they were fantastic. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Let's, 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 uh, let's, crank out the last few stories Gemma because I think we're all, well the next story seemed to be the um, this was weird this is the C story is of the week is this me or you the, uh, this, well you kind of took over the last one so, but I'll let you do this oh, one properly no no well it seemed like you you were more um, impassioned about that last story than me I enjoyed it but you you had a lot to say about it so go on Tyrone oh, no, you tell me about this one. Oh no I mean nothing not, not much happens really it's just about Tyrone sees I we can summarise it Tyrone sees Alina uh, in the nuddy nearly she's got a towel around her but he gets a bit of an eyeful um and well she just leaves her her i can't relate to this leaving your phone in a room where you aren't <laughs> <laughs> 
She went. She had a shower and she left her uh, phone downstairs and she yeah. came down to get it wearing a towel and she and thought then, they won't be in. Yeah, and Tyrone yeah goes, oh, how embarrassing! I don't know where to look. Um, Fizz thinks this is all hilarious, but she, uh, Alina decides that maybe it's time for her to move out now. Um, so no, no, no. She's like, I want to walk around half naked. Then Tyrone. Ty- Tyrone finds out that she can go back and live in the... I think the, he arranges the, the flat this. again, yeah. With, no, with, he um, arranges this with Debbie. With Debbie, yeah. Um, so Alina immediately says that she'll pack. Um, Fizz accuses Tyrone of overreacting to the whole thing that happened on Monday's episode, but she's she's gone by the end this of the episode. This was really and weird. That's it. Number one, it's weird because, like, I'm... I understand that men are different from women in different ways and that men are very visual... But he, she is young enough to, like, at least be his, like, older brother's daughter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, she's really young. Why is he perving over her? I don't know how much he is. If that's the thing. Are we supposed to yeah, think this that is Tyrone fancies Alina because I, here? Honestly, Tyrone, he's such a kind of family man and he loves Fizz so much that I just think that this feels like character assassination. If he's going to, if he's literally that bothered about it, that he's... I'm going to get to move out. But the other thing that I'm crazy, that I find crazy about this, is that this is a good thing for Alina. She doesn't want to be living there. It mm. feels like the, we're trying to... It's being insinuated to us that it's really like Tyrone's being a bit underhanded, going to see Debbie behind Alina's back to get her to move out somewhere. But actually, he's given her like the keys to her own place. This is yeah. brilliant. She doesn't want to live with like a family of... like. You know, yeah, I don't, five people. I don't, the thing, I don't know whether this story was literally a two episodes and it's done filler story because it wouldn't be the first time that um, that Fizz and Tyrone have been given stories just to fill. Um, because they had to remember that yeah. one last year they had with all with the new Jack and Vera kind of thing, which which it ended up being nothing. Is this going to be like this, or is I I I would this hate it if he ends up deciding that he fancies Alina. Yes, this is what my problem he, he is. He and Fizz, are, I think, are really well suited. And I know I'm not in the majority in the, in the slightest of that. And, and lots of people don't like them as a couple. But I think that they're they're safe. They're steady. They're perfectly normal. Um, and, and say normal. They're just... When you... Yeah. They don't have all the dramas. Um, they, they feel like, you know, more, more realistic than almost any other couple on the street. And it'd be a real shame if he, you know... Just decides to go off and, and leave lovely Fizz. It would also be her, it would also feel really tries, like tries his chances. Unfair to Tyrone to say that and like to to kind of men in general to say that even Tyrone he's like the most upstanding kind of like family man. He cheated on He did cheat he did cheat on, on uh, Kirsty to go out with Fizz, him. but yeah. I'm sure I I don't have to think about Tyrone's family history I'm sure well okay and you go back the way he is now you go back too long with any character you can find very many unsavoury things but like he is presented as just you know don't have to go too far for me a nice dad who's a really good partner yeah exactly And, and I think that there are loads of men like that who are really decent great guys who would never ever cheat on their wives or have fancy flings with with like lodgers or whatever, and I think that Tyrone kind of re- to me represents that kind of man. Yeah. And I think that if they were to then he's a total every man. If they were to then go, oh, but then Lena came along, and how could he resist her lovely little boobies? Like that's just that's just mean to men in general. Yeah, but, but what it would also remind me of is, well, you remember Kevin and Molly? Remember the yeah. age gap there? 
and Tyrone is just falling into the same trap that Kevin did when his Kevin... head was turned by this young bit of stuff. I know, but that probably... Kevin, if, Kevin, if Tyrone decides he's going to start going jogging with Alina, that's <laughs> going to be set alarm bells ringing. Yeah, but can I just say that if that's the sort of thing that if you were doing the stories for Corey, you'd go, oh, think of the parallels. Think of the think of the two handles we could have with Kevin and Tyrone. At least at that point, as ridiculous as the Mulvern story was, they had established that Kevin... Um, you know, was Have prone to, to, to having his head turned after the whole Natalie Horrocks affair. I just It just doesn't seem in Tyrone's character at all. And he's got the two kids as well. At least again, when Kevin had... Um, Kevin was having it off with, with Molly. Well, I mean, so, Sophie baby, was yeah. probably only but, 15, 16 at the time, maybe. But, but, but the thing he, is, though, he wouldn't do this and risk splitting up the family Tyrone. with Ruby and Hope. Tyrone has fought so hard, they all have, for their family. For this family unit to have been gathered together under one roof, it's not a simple matter, was it? I mean, he had to escape from being abused by his wife, who nobody believed him over her, and, you know, only took her confessing it in court for it to come out. They, um, like, Ruby was... um, her his and Kirsty's daughter so they had to sort of uh what's it called blend their families together you had Hope who's an arsonist who also had cancer and got kidnapped you know yeah. all the adversity that they've gone through together to become this family unit and then he goes oh look there's a woman with a, there's towel. a bit bird over that yeah exactly just something little like that it was it was weird so I, I kind of hope that this is just a one-off and I don't get and it maybe Doesn't Fizz and Tyrone will get their own proper storyline if only um, but like you said, it doesn't have to be a story about them, like, you know, oh, will they break up? There are more stories to tell about There couples. are, but I, sometimes I think that Coronation Street forgets that there are more stories than, oh no, will this couple break up? Because this, I mean, this is what we're going through with Billy and Todd and Paul, isn't it? That's why it feels so boring. It's just like, oh no, this couple... Against bit and Johnny and Jenny, oh, are they going to break up? That just seems to no, be the... but the, but I think that Johnny and Jenny stuff isn't like that now, because I, I really like this... What what do you what did you really mean it when you said to death yeah to death but um for for sickness or or yeah. in health and do you really understand what that means mm. and and should you ever hold somebody to that is it a promise you can really make to and you know but yeah, also you could never abandon it. your your spouse no Tyrone needs to get a ring on that fizz's finger come on this is the year. Let's do it. You've been engaged for five years or so now. Right, you can do this one now because I jumped into the other one. No, that. you can do Lovely Gay Dad. Right, so on Friday, um, Gail tells Nick that she's going to meet George, look at old records because they've got this genealogy thing that they're both interested in. And Audrey's coming over later. David wants childcare, but she can't. She's busy. And David thinks she's got her head stuck in the past. So Audrey comes around to the factory and Gail's like, oh, tell me more about Ted. And Audrey That says, was a little bit like coincidental that this guy yeah. that hasn't had a mention, you know, I maybe know. twice in the last 10 well, she's years. Saying, like, she's oh, saying, I'm uh, just talking about you and now I'm you're looking dead. I'm at my family tree and I can't work out I want to learn more about um, Dad's side of the family, and they seem to be really rich. Anyway, what's that? I, I no, I, I'll, I'll ask Ted myself later. What's that? A phone call. It's from a Andy. London number. They're all rich in London. I've said rich twice now. Mm. Mm. Um, so David and Tracy have a bicker about number eight and Gail comes around and says, I've got some bad news, David. And David's like, whatever, I'm not interested. <laughs> David just arguing about it. There was, there was some great uh, David and Gail scenes. They're, they're always gold when they're together. I can't remember when it, come, when it came up that he... Oh, 
It was, it was she's Nick saying it's really sad. No, but she was saying she was sad and, and it, Tracy was like, is it the anniversary when he pushed you down the stairs? And yeah. Dave's like, I don't know because it didn't come up on my Facebook memories. That was memories. so funny. That was brilliant, that line. That was He's really like, good. Yeah, Facebook, how many years ago today? Pushed uh, Gail down the stairs, lol. Yeah, that, that was, was funny. brilliant. Uh, although he did call her mum. Sweet. He, he called her mum earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, so D- Gail then goes to tell Nick about her um, how sad she is and reveals this is really this is awful she's like oh it's about granddad and then nick's like oh yeah i haven't seen him for a while and she goes you'll never see him again no one will because he is dead wow way way to break it gently um i'm glad that nobody's really that sentimental about him because they probably take this quite hard yeah so he apparently just took to his bed and, and just kind of died. It sounds a bit like a Lord of the Rings character. Took to the bed, then Ted was dead. Yeah. She's going to go and see his partner, which we haven't written down the name of. No, I said it was Andy. I thought it was Andy. Andy. I thought I heard Andy. Doesn't um, matter. Uh, they go... Debbie goes... Oh, Debbie has a women's night. and the, This bistro. is kind of the same story, but not really. Well, because... It's to do with the house, number because, eight. Because... Um, David, she's she's got to sell number eight to somebody. Yeah. Um. David and Nick have a sit down on Maxine's bench. Nick tells him that Ted is dead. That's mad and sad. They have lots of little rhymes. It's like a doctor's Doctor Seuss does, Coronation Street. <laughs> um. Tracy and Mary go to the bistro for ladies' night. Tracy gloats David that she's gonna buy his house for cash. David shows up as well, um, even though it's ladies' night, but don't worry, he's not currently identifying as a woman, Mary checks. Um, he, he's come to see Debbie and says, please don't sell the house to Tracy. And Debbie says, I'm going to auction it tomorrow. Mm. Mm, I think it's, I think the breadcrumbs have been laid fairly it, obviously. It feels like Gail might be buying the house. It feels like Gail's going to get some lovely dead dad money. Although, I mean... It's a bit quick for having, it to come having, through. Having had personal recent experience with, um, with inheritance Bills. and things, um, it doesn't happen overnight. So if Gail were to pitch up on Monday and say, I'll have it, please, uh, I'd like... She's going to have to have some space on the credit card. Yeah, yeah. What, what what would you think about that about Gail getting number eight? I think it would be quite. It's the most perfect funny. way this could end because really she deserves that house. She does. I she worry does. about her. I know I make fun of this and say like, how do you you know, how do you get to be that age and you literally oh you're homeless. Yeah. Um, but she really does deserve a bit of security and stability, and it's kind of a kind of um. Annoying because you got Audrey there, and really Audrey skated by on just being a flighty bird and inheriting money off men her whole life. <laughs> and poor old Gail hasn't had that because she just gets it nicked had off so her. Many, she's had so many died dead husbands. I know, yeah, but she still... just gets it nicked off her all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I wonder whether that would spur David to move on and find somewhere else. No, I just else, think though. they're all just going to stay together in that house because honestly, it's, it's, it reminds me very much of the cabin when you could never remember who owned it out of Norris and Rita or like Emily's house where it's like well who owns it now is it Norris or is it Emily I can't remember it doesn't really matter because the dynamic doesn't change because it's not based on who's on the deeds it's based on you know day-to-day power dynamics between the, the and it's always couples that kind of bicker together and the the Platt household works so well I think they would be crazy to change it 
but it would just be funny just to have but David always is have, have hang, has that hanging over Gail doesn't he like, yeah. this is my house you know yeah. and I think it could be quite funny because to see the thing her is, turn that on its head definitely and she deserves to be back in back on top and the amount of time that David has come scrounging to her mm. for oh mum could you just look after the kids for me well they're me? making even more of a big thing of that at the moment yeah. aren't they yeah so, uh, so I think maybe Gail could be like, you know, maybe a bit more respect, please. Don't you think? I mean, it, it would be funny and she does deserve it. But in real life, it would be a bit harsh for you to, you know, you, your young son, he's he's 30 now or whatever. And he wants to set, he needs to set up in his own. He needs to you know, go yeah. on his own way in life. And right. I'm going to swoop in there and say, no, you can't have this. I know you really want it, but screw you, David. But he can buy, he, nothing's stopping him. What? But nothing's stopping her from buying a house. They're mm. all just useless. I think... Um, but the thing is, there's no point giving Coronation Street characters financial advice because they're like, I literally don't need any of this. I'll just wait for my windfall. Mm. <laughs> um, this is just another character gets a windfall story. You, yeah. I was I was a bit sad when we heard that uh, oh, Ted was dead. Though, Windelwald. Yeah, it, he, it's been so long since he was in the show, like 12, 13 years or so since we last saw him, and he kind of got forgotten about, and I'd wondered whether he got killed off off screen before anyway, but yeah, he was just a really nice old granddaddy kind of bloke that was only in it for a handful of episodes for a couple of years, wasn't he, that he swans back into Gail and Audrey's life. Explain after. the backstory, because it is a bit strange that um, they're talking about the fact that Gail has a gay father and you know for that generation of people it's a bit un- more, bit more unusual one well, yeah, might they, think yeah get, get Audrey and Ted had obviously a bit of a fling a bit of a history but it, it never worked out so and I, 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 I don't gay. think it was much more than that because I think he ends up trying to marry another woman but then yeah. that doesn't work out but Gail hides the fact that of Ted's existence from Gail for a very Audrey long time Audrey hides Audrey Gail's... sorry Audrey oh, hides Ted's... Ted's existence from Gail until like the late 90s early 2000s or something Audrey has lied about back. her husband's and origins of her various children she really really has because when Stephen came back her and Alf had to lie about who she had Stephen yeah yeah with, with, um, with Malcolm uh, yeah. so, so Stephen and Gail are half brother and sister yes and so get so Audrey did she not tell Gail who her father was? No, not in, not until say late nineties, early two thousands, I think. And, and Ted a, a turns up. Longer, Ted turns up, and he's just this lovely gay yeah. bloke. Um, I can't remember, but he didn't really have much in the way of stories, did he? He was the one that inspired Gary to join the army. I remember because um, Gary was uh, making fun of the 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 soldiers uh, on yeah. Remembrance Day that one time, and Ted shames him into going and signing up for himself and making a man of himself. What a turnaround! There was also what a convincing what, man. There was also a scene I think where um, David, uh, somebody David was working with somebody. Oh, it's Gary. I think he convinces Gary to break into Audrey's house and Ted has a heart attack or something. But he didn't have much to do, but he was, he was he really lovely. He was one lovely. of these characters he, that he was, was, had a bit of gravitas. He could have given me a word as original any day. And, he, and he's obviously a very charismatic actor because, as we said, he went on to be Grindelwald in the Wait, Harry Potter. Why? Yeah, he was only in like one of the films, I know, but you, know, you don't get <laughs> He's picked. not Johnny Depp. You don't get picked because you're the first person to turn up to the audition for a Hollywood movie, mm. do you? Even for a little part. He was in a few small scenes, yeah. Yeah, but he he was great. He, you're right. He, but he's he did got have a, a really gravitas. lovely presence. Yeah, so he? It, was a, it felt like he was like a really kind of soothing, kind of like big, generous, gentle kind of a yeah. reassuring kind of a guy. It was just very strange how you know he swanned into the Platters' lives and then literally he was never mentioned again. And 
well, you know, occasionally Gail would say that she's had a phone call from him, but... Oh, so sad. I feel sorry oh, well. for this partner of hers. Why? And, Andy, well, his husband Andy. died. Apart from that? <laughs> um, well, he's obviously... They're obviously rich. But now he's going to have to give half his money to Gail. Mm. Oh, well. Um, okay. And they live in London as well. So I can just imagine they've got this like really swanky posh townhouse like that's full of like big leafy plants and like i imagine they're the sort of couple that have like big african masks everywhere you know how there used to be a massive design thing i remember when i was looking for houses there's a there's a bungalow around there somewhere that's got a room that is painted orange and is full of big wooden african (laughs) statues it's very strange right um what we what we given this week then? I th- I thought it was all right. I think I said at the beginning that I already kind of set my heart on a score, and I and I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Um, I'm gonna give it three and a half. Eyes in irritating out of five. Uh, which is a little. Eyes. Which is a little evil in an arty scene. Oh, how many there. eyes are in the word irritating? Yeah, three and a half now apparently. I don't know where the half one comes from, but never mind. What do I think of this week? Because there, there was some such, such, such good stuff with the, the with pool, the Nina and Asher yeah. thing. The pool was a bit of a downer. I really, really enjoyed the, the and Nina. And yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff in here where I was like, I know I say this all the time, people probably get sick of it, but it's like, oh, I relate to this. It reminds me of something that happened to me. So there's quite well, a few shows bits. That they're doing a good job. Quite a few bits in here. I was like, yeah, yeah, this speaks to me, and I think they're Peter, doing a good job. Peter, fantastic, but it was only one day. Like, I remember when my rich gay dad died and left me money, and I bought the house <laughs> my son was living in, and I was, like, just so happy. The, the to, Simon to story, like, I don't hate as much as I, I thought I might do, because it feels a bit different. But it's not really, is it? I really am just... I, I think I am bored of the, the disposable villains mm. of Coronation Street. Mm. Um... Debbie was great today, even though she was only in a few scenes. When she was flamboyantly oh, right. waving her arms around, saying, uh, talking about the auction and everything, she's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I just love her outfits. Yeah, love her earrings. Um, I think that she makes up for the fact that she's a very petite lady with loud prints, and so she looks like, she looks like, um, reminds me of how a cat walks sideways to make herself look bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she what just wears animal prints. What are you giving it? Are you going three and a well, half see, as well? Well, see, I think I would higher? give it three and a half, because for, it, if they hadn't had any of the Billy and Paul stuff, it would have been much higher. Mm. But I was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. I don't really care. So that goes, it goes down half a mark. So I'm going to give it... Three and a half pocket size Sophia Lorenz. Oh, I think there's some people on the Facebook group that oh. are going to be mad that you've taken that from them. Okay, then I'm going to give it a three and a half scones laced with uppers because nice. that is the only reason you should ever go to the Ritz for <laughs> afternoon tea. Um, character of the week this week. Um, what is it? Oh, is, is it, is it an Alahan? Yeah. It's got to be an Alahan. Although, although Peter was great, there was only one episode with him in. Rita and, and, and Jenna are really Can I just say what, the only but, thing, um, um, what, it's no contest. I am really, worried right? about, it's, it's between Deb and Asher, and I don't know, and Ardy, I want to give it a collective, who's the, who is the best? Can I just say one thing about the uh, Nina and Asher thing that's been playing on my mind? Mm. Okay, so, Nina, no, Asher is like super kind of, um, giddy and kind of head over heels and really excited and kind of, um, overcome with emotion um but nina has been being quite cool and chill about this yeah and i'm just a bit i'm the only thing i'm worried about and i don't know whether they would do this 
is that perhaps Nina's not that much into her as she is into as she is into her. I'm kind of getting that, that maybe. Like the, this is all just a big girl crush, and Nina is just allowing her to explore her her sexuality in a kind of really safe and no low stakes situation. But she's not at all. Yeah. Reciprocating, but she's not going to let her down because she doesn't want to stifle. Asher's exploration of what it means to be Asher, mm. and she thinks that it's too early to like, and also it's no, there's no harm in it, and I'm just like, that's the only thing I'm like, oh, I don't know if Nina's is into this. Mm. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. So, um, what, but who... it would be kind of, that would also be a kind of interesting story. Yeah. But I think also if they did that, there would be lots of people saying that that was queer baiting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would like to give the character of the week this week. I'm going to give this to. I think. Oh, is that an? It's it's real. It as as great as Ardy was is between Asher and Dev. Well, I, he is not the focus of the story, so no. it's not really a surprise he doesn't get the. God, I I love Dev this week. Award. I really, really, really love Dev this week. I just but I, think I don't I've know if we said enough about the fact that Dev is just worried that he's not doing a good job as a dad. Yeah. And um, which has been the worries his for a while. I mean, yes. financially, I can't support my family with this worry last yeah. year. And also, and my daughter's naked all over the internet, and I literally can't take it down because you take it no. down in one place and it goes up somewhere else. Like um, the the most telling line I think of the week, if you want to get inside Dev's head, was, "Have you spoken to Mary about this?" Mm. Like deferring kind of not responsibility, but like authority and like. He feels like he ha- he's not giving Asha enough emotional support because he check really he checks out of their lives for a massive chunk of time when he just let Mary be their nanny, mm. and I think he still feels guilty and he's wondering if that's affected their development and like the fact that he was like oh god talk to Mary she's a really kind person she'll help you yeah that really said that spoke volumes about what he how he sort of mm. uh, doesn't value. I don't know. He's constantly worried, and I think that's really endearing. Mm. I think if, I think also think if you're a parent and you're not con- constantly worried that you're doing a bad job, <laughs> you're probably doing a bad job. I'm I'm going for Asher. I'm going for Asher. I'm going I'm, for Dev. Oh, good. Fine. Fine. They both 50, get a nice 50. shout out. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that is it. I think I need to go make a cup of tea before we do the cabin. So I think this is the end of street talk. Let's move on. <laughs> Time for the news. It is time to get voting, everybody, because the Radio Times Awards nominations are out and Curry needs your help. If you've got until the 14th of February, um, Valentine's Day, to share your love for Coronation Street because they are nominated in two categories. The first one is Best Soap. It's obviously up against the usual other contenders. And also, Curry is um, a nominee in the TV Moment of the Year uh, category. Um, which is Nasty Jeff Meets His Maker, it's called. So this is from the uh, 60th anniversary episode where he falls off the roof. Coronation Street is the only soap mentioned in the TV moment of the year. Um, I had a look at the other nominations and I don't really know what most of, oh, where, any of the rest of them that. are. That's obviously so, going to be some stiff competition, pun intended, from Bridgerton. <laughs> and TV moment of the year is obviously any point at which there was shagging. Yes, 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 true. So uh, seeing one episode, and uh, that's all I remember. I wouldn't mind watching any more Bridgerton. I, I thought it was all right. It was. Everyone's saying it's great. I think it's just because there's shagging in it, and people are like, "Ooh, there's shagging in everything." I know. 
terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. Um, I thought we were supposed to be socially distanced, eh? <laughs> uh, that, that's got Sally, Sally uh, Dinema's daughter shagging. I know it. it does. So rude. Uh, anyway, don't do vote for it? them. Probably at some point in this series. Um, yeah, we wanted flipping. We wanted George Banks to be in the next series of Bridgerton, don't we? That was our that I was our one takeaway from it. Isn't it? He, he doesn't have I to I don't do think I'd that. like to watch that, Michael. <laughs> um, anyway, get over to the Radio Times' website, cast your vote. You've got until the 14th of February at 5pm and the winners are going to be revealed on the 7th of March. So very best of luck. Coronation Street. Uh, next bit of news. This is sad news. This is Maureen Lippman news. She's um, she's grieving at the moment because her partner, Guido Castro, has just died recently after contracting COVID. So that's a bit of a downer. You're right. You you said that we should start off the news with Told that, you. with this, and I said no. Radio Times is is celebratory, but yeah. <sighs> That's when sad. somebody says to you, "Do you want the good news or the bad news?" You always say, "Bad news, please." That is true. That is very yeah. I mean, yeah, bad that news. That they, they um he was eighty four. They were together for thirteen years. Yeah, he was pretty sick beforehand. Yeah. though. apparently he had uh, or reportedly had a form of Parkinson's disease, and he was in like a care home. But yeah, you got COVID. It says respite home. It does. I was um, I don't know living. Let's not. I assume it's the same thing. But yeah, he he just got really sick from that, and that didn't make it through. This is why news. people that don't take it seriously drive me crazy. Oh, just I, because you that, just because you think you'll be okay. That's awful. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Somebody else is going to catch it from yeah. you. And, and so yeah. Maureen Lippman is on a break anyway from Corrie because she is waiting to get her yes, vaccine. Apparently she was on another podcast a few weeks ago. What? And this is where she I know I know, I know, Gemma. Mm. Maureen Lippman knows what podcasts are and oh, does I them is, is what I learned from that. this. Yeah. So um so call, she, call me Maureen. She is gonna be waiting for her vaccine. Luckily we seem to be pretty on 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 our on business for doing it for doing vaccines in this country it seems like we're the only country apart from israel and somewhere in the middle east mm. that's like actually people are kind of happy with the vaccine situation oh that's good that's good well your, your mum has just got her letter you told me earlier that oh, she's, thank goodness. she's gonna get that done you got a scam one the other day that was very just that was very upsetting yes because it was related to a medical condition that i have yes and um so i believed it uh, we'll get it eventually. But I was also thinking, why Vaccinate am I getting teachers, this? Please. Why am I getting this? Am I that sick? Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad it wasn't. Speaking of COVID, we also just saw an article about Charlie Condu, who played Marcus Dent. Um, he's he's suffering long COVID, which isn't anything I'd heard of before. What, are you joking? I, no. You're such a hypochondriac and you hadn't heard of this before. I, I, I'm sure I would have heard of it the moment I got COVID myself. But yeah, he's um, apparently, he put a message on Twitter last night, I think, saying that he lost... He's he's lost the use of his thumb and forefinger on one of his hands and and long There's coat. No wagging his finger at people anymore. There is not any wagging his finger at anybody. Not that we know who's. I I couldn't think anybody at all that he would be wagging his finger at because Charlie Condu loves everybody. Everyone. But yeah, that sucks. So get well soon to to Charlie Condu as well. This is why again. And people that say they don't care, it's only just the flu. It's like you don't get the flu for six months and then don't can't point your finger at people. I don't. I know it's awful. And maybe actually, maybe his finger is frozen in a pointing gesture. Oh yeah, so, so you can, can only, only point at people. <laughs> actually, do you know what? That wouldn't be a disability to me because that's all I use my fingers for. Um, get well soon to Sally Matthews as well, who had a bit of a tumble on the at home Everyone on Monday. Suffering. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's get well soon, Sally. Laid yeah. up on the sofa. Yeah. Take it easy. Who? And we saw her yeah, on. Get um, well soon. That sucks. We saw her and Lucy Fallon on that. Um, 
web program oh, on thing. Ex- they were on, on a little... Um, what was it called? I don't remember. Lock-in? Lock-in, something, something, lock-in. Yeah, that's right. It was a YouTube program that was on... Sat on, in a pub. Sat in a pub on Sunday. And, um, yeah, the, the two of them were together. Sal was there. Um, uh, yes. Remotely. And, yes. And, and Lucy Fallon was was there in person. Yeah. And, yeah, and good good stuff. Um, there we go. We managed to turn this turn this news round into ending something. But positive. I know. But if we diminish the the tragedy, I think we have a little bit. It's very sad news, and um, that's, that's absolutely totally, tragic. Totally they're only together for thirteen years. But I that, know, you know that's... I know, I know, I know. Um, finally, um, if you are into Inside Number Nine, the BBC is it two programs? Is it, is it upgraded to BBC One? I can't remember now. It's probably like BBC. Um, X. Yeah, BBC X programme inside number nine, um, which uh, last year, (laughs) it it is, it's not as good as it used to be, uh, but it could be better next series because series six has got Bhavna Limbachia as a special guest. Um, and we did see Debbie Rush on an episode of it last yes, series, didn't we? Yes, she was in that one was actually, of the best episodes. Yeah, that was going to yeah, say, yeah. that was that was a, probably the best episode yeah. of that series. That so was, hopefully good, that was the, a decent episode. If Corrie Luck yeah. carries on, then Babna's going to be in a good one as well. But it's nice nice to hear that she's got work, because I've not I've not seen her or heard of her. Well, not, not unfortunately, I'm, you know. these days we can't even say, oh, she's probably doing some theatre work we haven't heard about. No. Nobody's allowed to do anything. No, nobody, nobody in the acting world is allowed to do anything at the moment. Unless seems. we're watching. Yeah. So anyway, look out for that. I don't know, later in the year? I can't wait because I really do like Inside Number 9. It's one of those programmes. Although it's one of those ones where I watch it and then I don't really like it. But then if you ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, I love Inside oh, Number with, 9. With me, it's one of those ones that I watch it and I don't you understand don't it. <laughs> you still don't understand the one where it goes backwards. No, I don't. The I, moving house one. We've, we've watched I've that tried to watch that three or four times. No, I don't I've get watched it. it about seven or eight times. And you've definitely been in the room for quite a few of those times. And I've yeah. explained it to you in depth and you don't get it. Have you never seen Inception? Yes, I've seen Inception. Not Inception. Or something that goes backwards. Um, no, I know the one you mean. No, What's I haven't it seen that. I don't know, but it's I know the one Tattoo you mean. Man. I, well, you went to see it at the cinema, didn't you? What's it called? People are shouting it out. It's only been out recently, hasn't it? No, it's an old one. Oh, is it? No, you're thinking of Tenant. I am thinking of Tenant. Yeah, I'm thinking of... Are you thinking of the backwards episode of Red Dwarf? Because I definitely get oh, that. What, how do I touch it? Movie that goes backwards. Is this, is this still Corrie News we're talking Memento. about? Memento! Uh, That's 20 years old, Mike. 21 years old. It's... I don't think I've seen Memento either. Oh, My brain's not no wired that way. Watching it. No. Oh, it's brilliant. Anyway... That, that's about that's got it. nothing to do with Coronation Street. We, we started talking Coronation Street news, but it has been a bit of a but slow news week this good week. Good luck, Bavna. We're so excited. Oh, wish yeah. you'd come on the show. Maybe we maybe she can come on the show and talk about it. Yes. Come on to Conversation Street, Bavna. We, we would love, love it. We'd love it. We, yeah. We, yeah. No, I won't say. Um, also, that's good it. luck to everybody oh. at Coronation Street going back to work next week because your, your two weeks break while everything's got sorted out is is now up so everything's hopefully all sorted and, and safer and fumigated um, and, and yeah and all ready to get crack in with more Corrie's next week I, I was I just def- thinking of something what is there something else what what more news I saw Sue Devaney on Lorraine yesterday she sung Dancing Queen in Korea oh yes wow she's, she's a she's a clever girl that is one. she is she flown in, in Korean I don't think so. But she's she, just really good at drunken karaoke. No, she she went on tour for two years doing ABBA, and and then went to Korea and <gasps> and she learnt she learnt it in Korean. See, oh, see, I love that. I want to go to Korea, South Korea. <laughs> well, you can't at the moment. Dancing on ice. Anywhere. Doi. 
What about? News. There is There's no news. news. No, is she still I, in I, it? I, I, she is still in it, but she wasn't in it. Like they're at the early stages where they do it once every other week, uh, I think. So she's going to be on this Sunday. So good luck, bae. What? How? Uh, what? God. What? What? God, what effort? <laughs> it's it's more. How just... are they doing it? Are they? I don't know. Living with each other. I, I. Who knows? Are they allowed to dance with each other? I don't know. I'm sure somebody could tell us. I'm sure we'd be watched. We'd find out. But we're not going to watch it. Doesn't make sense. That's it for the news. I mean, the news should have probably finished about, you know, 10 minutes or so. I know it's not been 10 minutes. No, I'm tired. About five minutes ago. But um, we've got some feedback to talk about now and then we can stop. So here comes the feedback (laughs) section. Right, you ready for a bit of feedback, Gemma? We got a lot of feedback this week. We got tons. Uh, it seemed to be a week that had lots of people chatting and talking and wanting to spew forth their opinions, particularly about the Ash and Nina storyline, which has got lots of folks' tongues wagging. Just well, like it did with us. If you ever wondered why they would want to throw a few sexy young ladies together into a little bit of a flirty flirt flirt together mm. this is why yeah gets everybody talking does indeed but Be- obviously what? i'm just being sarcastic it's not that shallow the, <laughs> the fact that it is the fact that there's so much depth to it is why people are able to have they like talking about books and uh, and teachers that overuse semicolons and things I, I, it's great who's talking about that i'm sure those two were talking about that and who were i think asha was telling nina about a teacher oh I think, am I remembering another characters? Oh, I don't know. Um, right, before we get onto that, though, we have got the score on last week's episodes. I think we um, we went a bit higher last week than the Facebook group did, and it's looking like it might be going the other way for this week. But anyway, 3.29 was the average score for last week's Coronation Streets on the group. Uh, Hill gave it three small pots of homemade coleslaw. How do you make a small amount of coleslaw at home? That's what I want to know. You, you need at You least... make a big bowl of it and you distribute it. You decant you... it into little mini Quick, pots. Take this coleslaw, please. Yeah. Karen gave it three Tracys pe- peeking over the fence and Smoffy just went there and gave it four fannies. So... Why not? That's my one of the week. <laughs> what can you do? Now, before we get on to the Asher and Nina stuff, we did have a voicemail from Les, didn't we? And this yes. is a follow-up to um, what we were talking about, about Michael and the racial profiling. Yep. Um, I'll say story, but it wasn't really a story. It might turn into a story. The incident, shall we say, last week. The incident. And, uh, and, and Les um, decided he want to pipe up and speak to us about his feelings let's on that. Listen. So let's have a listen. Hello, Gemma and Michael. It's listener Les from Los Angeles. How are you? Um, just wanted to weigh in on something. I'm currently listening to the podcast and you are discussing the Bailey storyline and Michael um, getting stopped by the police. And at this moment, you two are debating whether or not it's an issues-based story. Okay, so I am black and this is how this goes. When it comes to being racially profiled or being stopped by the police, it is something that is ongoing. It happens all the time. It doesn't matter what um, socioeconomic background you are. It doesn't matter where you live. It happens. And it happens out of the blue. And when it happens, sometimes the way that it was portrayed, you know, how Michael was stopped... That was completely 100% accurate. It, sometimes, it, it, it happens sometimes, and it's like literally, you go through it, it's like a five-minute thing, 
and um, sometimes it's longer. But the point is, is that um, uh, whenever a black person gets racially profiled, unfortunately, it's a fact of life. And so with this and the way the show treated it, the show was actually right on the ball with that because um, it, it happens. It happens more than you think. And unless you're a person of color, it's just something that you will never understand. And so um, I do like the fact that they showed that, you know, Michael was just going on about his day and he got stopped. That's literally how it happens sometimes. And so, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But of course, I'm loving the podcast. Uh, You guys are doing a great job. And keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Les. That's really good to hear your voice and also to hear your opinion on um, the story that uh, we were talking about with Michael and being stopped. Um, I think I... I mean, I, I know. I came across as being a little bit... sounding a bit privileged and ignorant about the whole stuff last week, which isn't unusual for the podcast when I get off on one about Both something. of us... Listen. But I... What? I also... I'm the same in for certain things. I know that, um, and also there are things that I probably don't even realise. I mean, I was thinking. Don't feel, don't feel bad about it as well, as well, because you. The difference is that you you listen when people tell you. Yeah. No. And 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 I I I totally get how it is a a you know a, a daily occurrence for for lots of black people to be stopped and 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 I was looking into it and I was quite shocked as well about how big a problem it is in this country think, as well. Can I just say, I think if you're from, not from a big city in the UK, I think you're probably quite tempted to think, well, that doesn't happen. I think a lot of people, and, and maybe I would be guilty about this in the past as well, thinking, oh, that's an American problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I, I found an article, because I was doing a little bit of reading up about this last last week in, in, in The Guardian. This is an article from last year that, that said black people nine times more likely to be Base stop and search than white people. Yeah, this so is it is certainly like something that happens October here. But I still year. do stand by the fact that it felt. I, Coronation Street isn't always very subtle when it's doing issues based <laughs> things, uh, and it it felt to me, like they were making a big deal of it. And but the, but they they weren't. It, you know, it didn't come across as a big deal. But they, they don't usually drip things like that in, which have got the potential to be a big talking point and, and everything without, you know, making it into a story. And I still worry that the Baileys are a family who get these issues thrown at them and then a couple of weeks later it's over. But I mean, I, but then I was saying, well, it, let's make it into a proper story if you're going to do it right. But then I was thinking again after after the but episode was not, on that maybe it's not a story. It's not a proper story because it happens so often. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I was thinking that. And it's like... I'm just trained became... to spot these signs and yeah. go, oh, issues stay story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, it's because we're... It's not just because we're, t- we're talking about race and about people's perception of it and what it's like, what the reality is for different groups of people. It's also because we're watching a programme that is constructed. Um, you know, the stories are constructed and so you have certain expectations of where they're going to go. Mm. Um, so... You know, and and when 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 it doesn't go anywhere, can feel somewhat unsatisfying, and you feel a bit cheated. But I think it was a really great demonstration of just how pointless and stupid and time wasting it is, and how 
um, people of colour are kind of expected to brush it off and move on because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, how how can you make a story out of something like this, I wonder. Well, you'd have to... Because if it's just an everyday occurrence, does Michael just get sick of it? Or or is the story... You'd be sick of it by now if you... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Is the story that he gets... I mean, when he was stopped and searched last week, all that happened was that Grace came over and it was fine. Is there a story where he gets stopped and searched and during that, you know something tragic happens that he could have helped prevent had he not been stopped and searched. So then it's, but then it's not really a story about stop and search, is it? Yeah. It's in danger of losing the point. That is, this is what it's like. It's like, so this is kind of like, I don't really want to. Does, does Craig stop and search him? And then some tragedy happens that Michael would have been able to prevent if he hadn't been stopped. And then Craig is left with the, 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 the the feeling that I, I caused this tragedy by stopping Michael. And that would, but why? I think it'd be more powerful if Craig was on patrol with somebody who um, was was sort of a, another character we don't really know, and he was like, "Look, let's stop this guy here." And Craig's like, "Why? I know that guy. He hasn't done anything wrong." Yeah. And they touch on the kind of um, institutionalized racism that causes more black people to be stopped and searched than white people. Because really, I think Craig... A lot of the time people talk about what do you do if you're confronted by racism and how do you confront it? Or if somebody makes a joke, what do you do about it? And I think a lot of the time people say, just ask them to explain their reasoning and they often will back down. So if Craig was with somebody and they, you know, another police officer and they're like, well, we'll stop this guy. And Craig would be like, why? the person would have to explain why and that would be a very uncomfortable thing to admit, you mm. know? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I'm don't just think thinking it's... thinking about I don't, what, what's the, why, what's the possibility of Craig, you know, unwittingly becoming part of the problem and, you know, he's a nice guy and everything and he's, he's, he's a goodie at the moment, but does he I, end up, without realising, start stopping black people more than white people well, because that that's be what because everybody does? Well, that would be because internalised racism based on I don't know what but, but based, based on, on other people uh, other police officers and their attitudes so I think it would be a bit un- upsetting way for Craig to it would but then if he if then there's there's some kind of tragedy and he realises what have I become it would be a tragedy I'm just thinking, Michael you don't something else doesn't need to happen to make racism bad I'm just bad. thinking with my soap hat on I know you are I think it would be better if if like we saw Craig stop Michael in a year's time after being on the force for a while and internalising this idea that you have to stop black people more often and say, stop Michael for no reason and then have to think to himself, why have I done this? Yeah. No, that, but then having to confront his own internalised racism based on, you know, the all the time he's hung around with people who have been racist. But the other thing is, you know, it's very political at the moment um, to talk about police officers and you know they say they want to defund the police in america Mm. and we don't really i mean there are certain movements in this country that have similar ideas but we certainly don't have from the same kind of um over over police you know we don't people don't get shot quite so much that's what i'm trying to say but you know Again, I think we're falling into traps again about talking about things we don't understand. Honestly, I don't know where you, where you're go where you're going. 
to places. I think, to me, it feels like you don't need to make a story about this because it happens so often. It's like, just put it in just to show that this is the reality for people. But it's kind of like why you don't show people going to the toilet. It happens. We all know it does. Show it once, you know. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, like for, for people of colour to get stopped nine times... You know, I've never been stopped. You've never been stopped? No. No, exactly. If they were going to do a story, Gemma, where one character, we get to see them go to the toilet, which character would you now want it to be? this is going to open a world of fetishes for some people. I mean, I, I'm currently re- renovating Ken's bathroom in Words yeah. and Design at the moment, so um, I've already had my fix there. We don't get to see Ken go to the toilet in the game, by the way. There's a, the screen fade to black as he tests it out. Wow. But, um... Oh, I gosh, don't even it know. depends. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think of a hilarious what a reason, way to but anyway. the conversation. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you very much, Les, for letting talking to us about this. Yeah, no, I, I thank you very much. It was really interesting. I just want to also you, say... You posted on the Facebook group as yeah, well. Yeah, in no way do I think it's um, a black person's job to explain things to white people, but we do ask that people share their stories if they're comfortable about things that have happened on the show. So I'm really happy that you shared that um, with us and it's useful because you've got a perspective that we don't. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, made, don't, don't ever feel obliged ever to feel like I'm demanding an explanation, but I'm happy. I feel like we're all friends and that we can talk about these things a bit. Mm. And it really is the world is better when you can share your experiences with people. Yeah, yeah, no, I really did appreciate getting out this week. Um, as I did, Jess's I hope that he's here. not mad after all that stuff we started saying about going to the toilet. So no! <laughs> or Look, this whatever. is from Jess. This is something else which we <sighs> didn't know about and she has oh, brought yes. us into her world. So she says, the feedback on the podcast about prison outfits made me chuckle last <laughs> week. My mum works in a prison and she told me all prisoners wear a standard outfit unless they're classed as an escape risk. They have to wear bright coloured, either yellow, blue or yellow green tracksuit to make sure prison guards are aware. So it's not quite, it doesn't really explain why it's like United Colours of Benetton advert and they're all wearing different colours in the prison for whatever reason last week. When people say United Colours of Benetton advert, they usually talking about the fact that people are yeah I know I was thinking that as the words were coming out of my mouth I was thinking of when you go into a United the Colour to Benetton store and everything is do they even exist anymore I don't know or am I thinking fruit of the loom I think you're fruiting I I think you're fruiting of thinking the loom I'm just stuck (laughs) in the past with this analogy but in any case fruit of the loom is great wasn't it do you remember you can have any colour you wanted that's what I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking Heather Marl um so there we go. So is Johnny an escape risk because he's in blue? I don't know. Don't think he's going anywhere. He's the sort of guy who'd like fake have an MS just to get out of prison, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a long anyway, con. that was an interesting little uh, snippet. Thank you very much, Jess. Rita says, and I don't think it's the Rita, but I think it is. Not the Rita, it's an A Rita. It's a Rita. Yes. And we need more of them. <laughs> Thank you for the gloriously long and detailed podcast. That feels like a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it. <laughs> it takes me through many a Saturday. I have not. Each episode takes you through many Saturdays. It does, doesn't it? I have not missed an episode since since Arana started listing episode ninety. Episode ninety was our first proper decent trip to Manchester. Oh, Gemma, I that. this is me. Do not hold back or speak less. You're perfect. 
I've been fishing for these compliments and they're finally flooding in. That's why you put that picture of our Manchester art next to a picture of me and you. If everybody has yeah, seen on see, our Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, we've got a nice new piece of Manchester artwork. Look how beautiful it's, I was ten years it's, ago. Yeah, it's next to a photo of us. Is it? Was it taken on our honeymoon? No, on that the was Emily's. Um, that there's a picture of me and my bridesmaids, and there's a picture of us at Emily's wedding. Yeah, and that that was us. That was us ten years ago. So we don't look quite and like that now. Well, I, I don't thought, look too different. I thought I was fat then. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Okay, right. So Rita says, sometimes Michael will say something that makes me cringe, <laughs> but you always swoop in to set him straight. I know. Don't change. I'm enjoying the Simon story. The overarching groundwork they've laid is in the wonderful details I love about Corey. Good job and thanks. Does Gemma ever thanks, say anything Rita. that makes you cringe or is it just me? I think it's probably just me. I, I am very, very well aware that, you know, 95 to 100% no. of the intelligent conversation comes from Gemma on this podcast. no. But this is what I keep saying. I don't think it's wrong to have an opinion about something that you haven't thought through, as long as you're not hurting people. I just like I just litter on about nothing usually, and you fall. actually talk. I know, but about I don't it. want people to feel like you can't talk about something and work your way into understanding. Because I think that sometimes being stupid and asking questions. No, I'm talking about myself and thinking out <laughs> okay. loud. Um, gets you somewhere and I think it's much better to to get to to go through that process than it is to never consider it in the first place like there are people out there that just watched that scene say with Michael the other week and went oh yeah typical jumping on the bandwagon and never really thought any further of that because there are people that you know think that that racism doesn't exist because they never see it Mm-hmm. And different. I know also that we've had a range of different opinions from different people, and that in no way that should you say that people of color have a universal experience because we also have had people saying, you know, I'm black and I thought this was silly and I didn't want to see it. You know, I I thought this was a silly issue space story and I don't want the Baileys to be. Yeah. And I, you know, if if I was watching a TV show and then suddenly out of nowhere they were like, this woman is facing misogyny. Let's make let's do a, a scene about that and then just move on. I'd be like, what? I don't I don't want that in this. Oh yeah, and I guess like as you know, a white straight male. You're the worst I'm, of the worst. I just yeah, I I'm I'm not in any kind of minority group, so I can't. It's it's so difficult to to picture it, oh, especially as I was saying on the podcast so nice. last week. I my empathy bones are. Uh, well, look, I'm in the second most privileged group, so we're like top two. Yeah, high five. <laughs> really high five me right <laughs> but yeah i mean so what was he talking about yeah so she? listen no so what were we talking oh, about um look i don't want anyone to think to be mean at uh, mean to to michael but i think that we we um you know that you say the wrong thing i know sometimes I but so do i no it's mostly me though but probably people are too scared to say that i'm saying the wrong thing no don't you're just fishing for confidence again no, I'm not. Because, uh, look, I... Ooh, all kinds of things I, I think sometimes. And probably, I like, for example, what was I saying the other day that was wrong? Oh, about how I don't, I don't like... I don't think sex work is empowering. Shouldn't be saying that. That's naughty. 
Um, but you know, share share your opinions about things as long as you have a reason for thinking. You, you just have more opinions than me in general. I think I, I just, just get on with things. Think and about watch things it and... too much, but I overthink things. That's it's good. Not healthy. I, I should be doing it. More. I should think more. Karen, I think we've got good balance. But I think I think I, well, I, yeah, I don't have a problem with our our like. Just think. Imagine how long the podcast would be if I had such um, long and well thought out opinions as you. There's no universal way to think about things. And there's no, like, morality, I think society's really keen on making out that if you don't agree with something that's, like, a group idea of the correct way to think, you're wrong. And honestly, I get a bit scared about the internet and how much there's a hive mind that's of acceptable opinions. And you can't ever, ever diverge from that. And you become, like a public enemy number one and it really honestly reminds me of the like the red scare in america when everyone was accusing each other of being a communist Mm. like this we that as long as you're not debating somebody's fundamental rights to 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 live and be happy i think we we are all adults and we can all have opinions on stuff but i just i just think that you you are an important part of the podcast because you bring up stuff and you talk about things that people that people think at home. Not everybody thinks the same as me, not everyone listening. People say quite often they're writing and go, Yeah, I don't agree with everything that Gemma says all the time, but at least I understand where she's coming from. So yeah, no, yeah, no but but like don't ever think that I'm saying everything I say is correct because I'm not. No, I don't. I just I just admire your um <sighs> Your you opinion giving, me. and usually, some, uh, quite often, I, I feel like my opinions boil fishing. down to. I'm not honestly. Often, I feel that my opinions boil down to that was interesting and that was boring. <laughs> I should have done more debating at school. I didn't debate. Nobody would debate with me. Right, Karen says that she loves the Nina and Asher storyline. Um, I think this is something that was this posted was a on really, Facebook. I like this. Go on, and read so, this. So I copied and pasted it over. So far, everything has been written so organically and sensitively. I was holding my breath when Deb asked her if she was now a lesbian. It feels like on the street you're either gay, straight or lesbian. And as an LGBT woman open to all gender identities, I felt seen. Asher wasn't just telling her dad that labels aren't for everyone. She was telling every home that watches Corrie. Um, if only I and my family had comforted this storyline, maybe they could have wrapped their heads around it more. Now, I agree that meaningful female relationships on the street are seriously lacking, and I hope that if Corrie, classically, makes the gay girls a tragedy, then they remain good friends. The only reason I wouldn't want them to be together is if something like this happened. There's too much gay tragedy. Let these girls live and flourish, and God forbid, please don't turn them against each other. Maybe my soap bias is showing too soon. I'm already mm. thinking pessimistically. I should just enjoy it while it lasts because I'm loving watching their friendship develop. Karen, thank you so much. You're one of the people that um, led me to reconsider what I was thinking when I was talking about labels. Because I really, really was thinking, like, I don't know why you can't um, take comfort or find it of benefit what I was saying before about being being a part of an oppressed group, because if you are part of the LGBT spectrum, you're part of an oppressed group, and being able to identify the source of your oppression is going to be found in labels that include, you know, gay, straight or lesbian. But what Karen was saying about how she doesn't feel that she fits into those kind of, kind of quite rigid um, identities 
and how she felt that she was seen. That was really important for me to learn from her experience, why that's an important thing to have in Coronation Street. Mm. And I think that there are quite, probably quite a few people like me that um thinking about it in that particular way. And so I'm glad that, that Asha was sort of, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. You know, I'm just living in the moment and this is where I am now. Yeah. And um, I'm really sad that you, the insinuation here is that you had an experience with your family where they don't understand or didn't understand. Maybe they've changed. I hope they they have. And you're, they don't get you. That's mm. really sad. So, But I've also heard other people who saw the same thing. Like there was somebody on our face, on our Twitter thing who said that because of that scene, they came out to their family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, so interesting that still we're we're in the, you know we're twenty twenty one and people are still um, using soaps to come out to their families. I know, I know. And it really is important, and it's. Um, I d- that's why it was important for Asha to be so chilled about it because I think that that particular the way that she handled it would have. She was hopefully almost... empowered a lot of people to be able to do it because yeah. some people were thinking, "Oh, this is going to be such a big deal. I can't do it," and building themselves up to it, and then just seeing it being okay, so okay for Asha and her being proud of uh, uh, of saying it. And maybe people watching it, it who have had opinions in the past will watch it and go, "Okay, now I understand. I mm. shouldn't have been so close-minded." Or that would be the nice thing, wouldn't it? But. That was a really important post to share. And again, this is why I love the Facebook group. And I also, um, I'm enjoying watching people on Twitter talking about it. I think that everyone seems to be a lot more positive about this. There's um, been so much positivity for this story. And the, the lab, that labels line definitely got a lot of people talking. When I was really thinking, did. I was thinking that some people, like I said, some people are, are happy with the label because it makes them feel as, as part of a group. Some people don't need the label. Maybe they think that really, if, if me, labels it's... are something that's being used to attack them, but if we get right, rid yeah, of yeah, labels yeah, yeah. completely, then people who are attackers won't have anything to I attack. I think that's naive. That won't happen. See, I'm talking about political organisations and like, like not, not organisations, but pol- organising yourself in a political way to align yourself um and that's what those are useful for but mm. they're obviously not useful for everything yeah yeah um but yeah, the we... only thing i will say is that like um i really really hope that if you want to identify as any of those labels that you don't feel that they're in any way of like a, a detrimental identity that they're not lesser than anything and if you're a, if you're if you're gay or if you're a lesbian or if you're bisexual, you should be just as proud to be able to say that as if you you would say that you're straight. Mm. And um, I just kind of want everyone to just be happy and be able to live peacefully. And hopefully, the good maybe we won't need to worry about being able to label yourself, to organise yourself, to uh, attack your oppressors. But I just think that we're not quite there yet. Not there yet, but it's it's you know things like this and stories, especially in soaps. Do have the power to change? We've seen we've seen it with Haley's story particularly. Yeah. That's the Corey's huge biggest success story there. So you never know if they, if they didn't have stories like this, then I think it, I think it would take longer. Yes, yes, yes. I'm yes. just I'm just like still my my mind's just trying to churn and uh, think about it. But yeah, but overwhelmingly, it seems like very many young people were like yes, no labels for me. But, 
Yeah. And, no, then, and if that's what's empowering, then that you should be free to do it. Yeah. And and, and I agree what with what um with what Life's Karen bloody was saying hard about enough, anyway. the, the, the pessimistic viewpoint oh. is that this is going to end in tragedy. I think honestly, if Coronation Street have not learned from their reaction to um the the, the Karna storyline, they deserve all anything they're going to get because um we talked about it you know like i said before we were attacked for our opinions about this and um everybody comes to storylines with their own bias and perspective and the kind of storyline meant a lot to people and i don't think that they got the uh, like consideration i think that they were kind of i say baited um kind of mucked around a bit with um but also the thing is about these kind of shipping um fandoms is that the story isn't about those characters so you're always going to get i've never seen anybody who's a part of a shipping fandom who's ever been completely happy with every single storyline their couples had Mm. because there's always some kind of drama that gets thrown in the way and some kind of test or you know they break up and get back together again because that's just what cory is like but because it's not just a shipping thing. It's like a whole representation of people, a whole group of people who this is means a lot to. Um, they kind of got crapped on. Um, and it was sad for them. Because mm. it I meant just, more to them. I, like, I'd, I'd, I'd really like for Nina and Asher to be like a, a Roy and Haley kind of couple. Just like a cosy, lovable, untouchable. nice... Yeah, but also, uh, can I just but... say the big, the magic word really was kind of, I'm going to say the word again, asexual. Like, they, there was nothing particularly physical about their relationship. And no. I think, in a bigoted kind of way, that was of benefit to them because lots of people would have been creeped out because she was a trans woman and he was, he was a man. Mm. And I think that because they weren't confronted with the physicality. Because yeah. that's one of the things that people get up in arms about, isn't it? About, oh, I don't want to see... I don't mind if people, gays, get married, but I don't want to see them kissing each other, you know? Mm. Mm. Same for me, but for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, come on, let, let's give them a fair shot at this Coronation Street. Let's have it just a nice and, and yeah, not being gay... Let's not have them being gay being part of the, <laughs> the story. A nice not being gay, gay relationship. Just, yeah. No, no, I'm just, yeah. Um, you know, I said it all earlier. Let's do the next email. George emailed this last they're, night. There's Gemma. potential. There's so much potential. There really, really is. They don't, don't spoil don't it. Need... Don't put tragic melodrama in that. It is completely unnecessary. Because especially because they're so chill anyway. The thing with, I know I keep saying I want to move on, but the, the fact that um, that Rana was such a drama queen and, and her character, we, we everyone made fun of her, the fact that she cries all the time and it doesn't feel like either Nina or Asha are quite so wet. I don't know. So, you know. I know. I guess... <laughs> over-emotional. I guess it helps when you don't ruin your marriage and your husband's career and nearly get kidnapped by your parents and taken abroad for a forced <laughs> marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of... Um, puts a bit of a bummer on things. Well, the parent thing's not going to happen because out of Nina and Asher, they've only got one parent left out oh, of yeah. the four. Oh, yeah, and so. then being forced to come to tell your dad he's dying that you're actually not gay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like there that was thing. a lot of tragedy. It was all tragedy. They, they've got to be... Yeah, I, I hope that they've learned their lesson. They really need to be responsible and um, 
consider the wider implications of the story and not just about what is in Coronation Street, but about what's in the wider world of, of media. And I think it's very tempting to say, yeah, well, OK, I know there's a bury the gays, the gays trope, but we didn't contribute to that until now. Like, that's not our responsibility that other TV shows are doing the same thing. But if you know that that's going on and people tell you and then you do it and you contribute to it, you know you're just you know Mm. you know what I mean I can see both sides because they're just trying to make an entertaining story but when you start to mess around with things like this you've got a responsibility to tell it and it and and it's important to people yeah nobody's watching Fizz and Tyrone and going god I, I just don't want this to happen because there's not enough straight married couples on television no. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean anything to us when these things happen to the characters that no. look and act like us because there are millions of them and if you want to latch onto a different couple, you can. Yeah, yeah. Right, we must oh. move on, we must move on. George. George. Are you, is this me or you? This is you. Oh, my throat's going. Um, just wanted to share my opinions on about what has been a game changer of a week but mainly the stories involving LGBT representation. Nina and Asher, for me, I'm having problems believing this story as it feels kind of forced and rushed. I don't recall any signs of Asher ever being into girls or signs that Nina was a lesbian in her brief time on the show, which has been more focused on her goth ways. I do fear there could be broken hearts in the future and it could turn out that either one of them or both of them are just experimenting, exploring, which would be a shame as they are forming a beautiful friendship, although I wouldn't mind if they do make Nasha a couple, but it needs to happen naturally. Yeah, I agree about Asher not ever showing any signs of being into girls before. Nina, I mean, just seemed completely asexual up to this point, didn't she? So uh, it could be either way. Um, I... And, and, and you, if you think, oh, it seems kind of like, oh, she's got an alternative lifestyle. That must mean she must be gay. Um, so, it, I, I, but I, I do agree that I yeah, don't I know want what them you mean, to... Like, oh, she's a goth, so... Yeah, I, I, I don't want them to fall out over this. That would be, um, be heart-wrenching. I certainly don't think that there's anything wrong with them both saying, you know what, we've explored this angle and it turns out I'm not gay or you're not gay. Yeah, I th- think th- as long as it ends like in a kind of a really sweet, like, oh gosh, my heart lives on with you, but we're not that, you know, that yeah. could be really touching that and could. actually quite meaningful too because... I mean, Cor- Some people Cor- have not very, very complicated relationships with their friends. Like I've never had a girl crush or like a- any kind of romantic thoughts about girls, but mm-hmm. I know that um, some people go through that phase, you know, and it's important. And and it, it often, I mean, a lot of people have t- talked on our spoken on our p- uh, page about the age gap, and although they're very, it's a very small age gap because they're so young, it's a bit more pronounced than it would be normally, and um, it kind of doesn't feel as um, sometimes it feels inappropriate, but because it's Asha pursuing Nina, it feels a bit more acceptable. But like, if if Nina was just uh, Asha was just crushing on her because she's an older girl and she's kind of in, she kind of really does she not exemplify everything that Asha wants to be? And I am also talking about her skin tone as well because she's so pale. Mm. And Asha had that thing about skin lightening. She talked to Nina about it. Um, it'd be nice if she if she kind of came out of this accepting herself um, more. But, you know, it, if you wanted to write it like that, Nina is the, one of the perfect, a perfect target because she's an independent girl. She doesn't have, like, a lot of things that, that Asha identifies as problems are her family, 
Nina doesn't really have a family. Mm. Um, she's got a dead mum, just like just like um, yeah. Asha. She's uh, she's talented. She's got a job. She's really pretty. She's, she's got a unique sense of style. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. She stood up for Ash and she beat that guy up. I mean, you know, if I was Asha, I'd have a crush on her. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. and if it just turns out that it was just like I, I kind of like was in a fog of just how cool you are. Because I think a lot of people have been in the fog about how cool Nina is. <laughs> it'd be yeah. kind of, We've all got a crush. <laughs> it'd be it'd be um, it'd be it'd be kind of one of those like kind of sweet. Yeah, uh, it, it it could sweet stories, but like I don't want it to turn into a tragedy, like like George is saying. Yeah. So uh, now with Todd, I'm struggling to like him, even though I want to love him, and the problem is because what I feared could happen has happened. He's come back, although I didn't watch Crow probably with the old incarnation was in it. And the first thing he does is come up with a scheme to try to get back with Billy. And rather, we just see him trying to make a go of his life and find someone else. Maybe it could be with a bisexual. But again, it would need to be done properly. And not just to say he's bi for a few weeks. And then as soon as this new character claps eyes on Daisy, Daisy the slapper. That's me being polite, as I know we can't have swearing on podcasts. He's now straight. It's got to be done properly. Yeah. All in all, I'm glad to see that we have so much LGBT representation on the cobbles, although it could be improved. Like I said, by adding bisexuals, but all in all, I look forward to see which directions these two stories in particular turn. Hopefully, work out for the best. Though I doubt they will. <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah, thank uh, you, George. I don't know what's going to happen with Todd. I just assume no, he's going to go out with Billy, it, Sean, or. Uh, I, mean, I, I just assume. I assume he's going to go out with Billy, and then like Billy's going to dump him for Paul. But then I don't know what happens next. But then Paul and I really Sean. want to see more of Todd and Eileen. They've barely had anything to do with each other since he's come back, have they? They had such a great relationship before. The hit There's him some really Jason great... Just... I said, uh, we we criticise lots of different dynamics on Coronation Street, but the one thing that we never give, give them credit for, which they do better than almost anything else can do, is parent-child relationships. There are some, there there are are some really some, great some ones. I mean, David and Gail are the gold standard, aren't really they? Really interesting, fascinating, deep, rich child parent relationships and they really really do a brilliant job mm, mm. um richard is our next email he says absolutely loving the asher and nina storyline as a straight middle-aged man i don't have personal experience of their situation but i feel it is being beautifully portrayed the show seems to be developing their relationship as a gentle friendship slash let's see how things develop situation and it reminds me of the slow burn start to Haley and roy's story there like I said, which went on to become possibly the most loving relationship in the show's history. Dev and Roy both reacted perfectly, Roy in particular, and wonder if they could be a budding bromance. <laughs> Maybe. I'm guessing that some younger viewers and or overseas ones might not get the Pam Ayres reference. I was changing subject now. I didn't get this reference uh, that Nick made to David. Pam Ayres became the became famous in the mid-1970s for repeatedly winning ITV talent show Opportunity Knocks through writing and performing humorous poems in her whimsical rural accent. I can call it whimsical and rural as she comes from West Oxfordshire like me and she used to work with my dad and I used what? to work with her niece. Claim to fame. <gasps> Claim to fame. Everything else really hitting the mark. I don't. Everyone else really hitting the mark as well for me at the moment, especially Simon becoming the world's worst (laughs) drug mule. But the Asher slash Nina storyline is my definite standout one. There you go. With this Simon one, and and I probably should know more about this than I do, and I'm sure I've had some kind of training on this in the past, but I've forgotten. Is this County Lines? Is this what County Lines is? What are you talking about? The Simon thing. What's it got to do with counties? No, County Lines. That's to do... Do you know what County Lines is? What? 
Are you saying? It's county lines. It's not to do with counties. It's to do with drugs muling. Have you heard of that expression? What are you talking about? County lines. You're saying the words over and over again. I'm going to find out because because when we county when we had a little line. break earlier, right. county lines is a thing. And you I keep think, saying it in such a strange cadence. I think you you, you read the next no. email. Right. And I'm going to find out exactly what are county you lines is because like I learned about how, it and I forgot. When you go to another state in America and you shoot somebody and then you run back to the state you started in, that you get is into not more county trouble. lines. Right, fangirl overload, one, two, three, said Gary. Yeah, look, here we go. Sorry Michael. for the interruption. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you can carry on. No, everyone wants to know what you're County saying. lines. This is about children being forced to carry and sell drugs far away from their homes. They're made to skip school, sleep in drug dens, keep secrets from their loved ones. They're treated as criminals when they often feel trapped in a hopeless situation. A uh, form of criminal exploitation in which criminals groom and manipulate children into drug dealing. County, seemed, ta- ca- county, county lines. lines is a form of ex- criminal exploit. Why have they given it such an odd I hadn't name? heard about it until recently. And my, my, the headmaster that I don't have at school anymore mentioned it and said, oh, so-and-so didn't even know what county lines was. And I was thinking, I don't know what county lines is. But, Did you go, ha ha, what an idiot. Yeah. And then I looked up and I was like, no, it's that. And then I keep forgetting. But I think this is maybe what Simon is oh, here getting we go. into here. So it says, county lines is a form of criminal exploitation in yeah. which criminals groom and ma- manipulate children into drug dealing, often in towns outside their home county. A serious problem in the UK, its name comes from the mobile phone lines that are used to control where the young person goes to deliver drugs. So if Simon ends up having to, you know, go far and wide to deliver his little packages, then this is county lines, which is, I think, new for Coronation Street. I think I, think I read that Hollyoaks maybe did a county lines story. So, yeah, let me guess. There's something new for us to learn about. Oh, it feels like one of those phrases that I understand, but it always feels like it's odd yeah. phrasing. Well, I, I'm county just... County lines. My, thought, my head is buzzing with ideas of storyline titles. Is, well, that oh, makes it sound God. like I've got a lot. I haven't got any, but Just it's like, oh, a new little avenue that I could go down. Anyway, sorry, Pangal Overload123. What does she say? Oh, Todd, that went a bit pear-shaped, didn't it? I didn't expect to like Asher and Ina as much as I did, but the jury's still out on whether Peter is going to die. Simon getting involved in drugs is similar to Leanne's drug storyline back in the day. Also, we seem to have as many shout-outs to old characters today as we did the whole of last month. I know it's fan baiting, but I'm a fan and it's working on me. Speaking of old characters, if Jack and Vera still lived at number nine, then Jack would be acting like all his Christmases had come at once when he saw Alina in the towel. Vera would be less pleased. Shock horror. One of the Alahan remembered that Amber exists. Oh, yeah. We didn't Amber even got a shout out this week, didn't she? Yeah, because she had that thing with... Um, it was it was Sean, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was. She came. She was cool. She went to university. She came back briefly, and she was an annoying bitch, and then she went away again. Yeah, and it was during that annoying bitch phase that she, she experimented with with Sean, and they didn't really know what they were doing with it, and yet she went away again, didn't she? So, I do wonder what she's up to now. So do we. Finally, R.I.P. Ted. Character of the week is Evelyn. If her and R.D. don't become the next iconic comedy, Cory duo. I'll be riding in the streets. I'll give it three and a half lovely gay granddads out of five. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Nancy's highlights of last week include Peter's alcoholism being portrayed realistically, Peter punching Ken, the 50th anniversary of Val's death being mentioned, Roy talking to Peter, Carla deciding to come back at a critical moment, Abby holding Debbie to her their agreement and Debbie planning to get hold of all of Ray's businesses. 
Eileen and Gail fighting. Gail finding out she's related to George. Todd's pursuit of Billy. Nina and Asher developing a close bond. And Aggie and Grace agreeing to stay out of each other's way. And Michael almost being arrested because of racial profiling. There's a of bullet points of things that floated Nancy's boat last week and she gave it four gladiator lunch boxes out of five. And Gary of the Week is Debbie. Oh, yes. What does Rebecca have to say? Thought this, thought the Peter storyline was very hard-hitting. Chris Gascoigne did a brilliant job this week. I'm just glad that hitting Ken wasn't the best way. I'm just glad, they, although hitting Ken wasn't the best way to get him to come to his senses, he finally realised he needs help. That punch was a great punch. And William Roach showed that 88, he still got it. Gemma's right, Carla should never have read the letters, Simon, that was cruel. Lucas was showing the ideal life, but even though they are bad for one another, you can't help who you fall for, and Carla and Peter keep making their way back to one another. They remind me of how, you know how salmon swim back to their spawning grounds? Yeah. Um, and they end up all grotesquely mutated yeah, that's what by the I was time gonna they say. Everyone's like, oh yes, the salmon, you're swimming against the, the sea, the tides... They're strong and, and so, like, yeah, exactly. But actually, if you look at them, they turn to zombies and they start to rot to death as they're doing it. <laughs> this is what <laughs> Peter and Carla are like salmon going to spawn. Um, even though I really like them as a couple, the writers won't be able to help themselves putting another hurdle in their way. Like I keep saying, isn't Peter's alcoholism enough? I also enjoyed Val's death be- day being mentioned. I was so wrong about Debbie killing Ray, although I started getting suspicious he wasn't dead at Le- Debbie's long-winded story. I still want Debbie to shop Ray at the last minute to the police unless Ray comes back later in the year. I kind of don't want Tracy to get David's house as David and Shona both need a house and I'll just find it weird Tracy living there. I wouldn't mind Shona working at the Rovers, although her and Gemma winding up Daisy would be amusing. I also agree with Kev being suspicious towards Debbie, especially if she's had form. And I also liked her saying she hated the street, as that made sense from Debbie. And I've been saying that ever since she was in hoops with Ray. I also enjoyed Miles this week and kind of hope he turns into a crook too. Love the Gail, George and Eileen stuff. And I know it's childish, but I found the funny stuff funny. <laughs> I think Eileen is going to get annoyed with Gail hanging around because she liked George. Especially if Eileen starts to date him. I also liked Audrey being included, although I thought Gail and Audrey had fallen out. Love that Aggie and Grace's petty feud and that they're pretending to like each other, but they don't. They aren't. Uh, the police stopping Michael understood to be a stopping Michael because he's black story, but it was just unfortunate. There's another issue, that story that involved the Baileys. I did like Grace sticking up for Michael, though. How did they get that piano up to the flat? I think Belly is getting a bit tired of Paul. I also think he's getting tired of putting furniture up. Um, <laughs> I had to, they have to get it. That's the thing, right? They probably got it all the way up there, and they're like, "Right, that's it. Then we'll just that's it. We don't have to move it again." And then it got smashed, and they're like, "Right, now we've got to get it back out again." Could have been worse. They could have been going up the stairs, made of jelly. That would have made it a lot harder. Tricky. I do enjoy Todd popping up. Oh, they probably still got the uh, the stair lift there that they had when installed when Izzy was <laughs> just living put there. It just on put there. the pi- yeah, mm. put the piano on there. Jumps a good one. Uh, I do enjoy Todd popping up the worst time. I also think Paul will be sent down because everyone else seems to be. Also, if Gary's released soon, there will be a spare place. New Summer actually seemed like a 16-year-old with her filming Billy on the piano, but she still looks too old. Finally, I had the other way around regarding Nina and Asha. I thought Nina was complimenting Asha because she likes her and Asha was smiling because Corey never complimented her and she was happy. But it could also be that she likes Nina too. I also suppose when Asha said the reason why she wanted to work at the cafe was a cl- with, ne- with Nina was a clue too. I wouldn't mind them as a couple, as with a pandemic, we can't get many lovey-dovey scenes, but I also wouldn't want the two actresses getting abuse, as it both seemed really nice. I also think that the community would rally around them. 
Character of the week is can I give it three and a half? I mean, yeses, as in the political eye, out of five. Whew. That's a lot of stuff. Thank oh, you very much, Rebecca. Yes. The only thing I'll say about the community rallying around them is that this is where the toxic fan base comes in because once you once you get people being defensive of somebody, you cannot say anything about them without it being taken as an offensive comment. And once people get that alarm bell kind of and it, the internet's really bad with this. And mm. you get group all kinds of different groups. Like literally I had to leave a Facebook group about um royal fashion because you couldn't say anything this was when this was like when um kate first joined the the royal family and like you couldn't say oh i, I thought that dress was a bit long or that was frumpy because you just get attacked by all these people who were like super super defensive and you couldn't have a conversation yeah do you know what i mean silly. so um that's what i'm worried about the rallying around mm. because i think it becomes a bit too kind of protectionist and predatory yeah. and kind of inclusive and you can't yeah there's like you said about the group thing stuff um what else is there in there yeah the lovey-dovey stuff i'm glad i'm not the only one who's, who's a big old prude and i just <laughs> want to re-emphasize again because people like to take things that i say out of context and i feel like i have to disclaim every time because i know this is a sensitive topic but it is not to do with them being gay it is just i don't like it any kissing and that's enough of that I don't Thank even like, you. I don't even like, I remember when we got married and we, uh, our wedding photographer was like, oh, let's, let's go and do a romantic shoot and like, right, now kiss each other. I was like, no, I don't even want to look at this picture. <laughs> I don't want to look at a picture of me kissing. Blah. Right. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, everybody. Thank you. And Thank you. speaking of Rebecca, we have a new Rebecca on our Patreon oh, list this week. Oh, a rival Rebecca. We have got three Rebeccas in our Patreon We're list We're collecting all of the Rebeccas. If you are yeah. a Rebecca, you will like to join our Patreon page. And don't forget, um, you can join our competition. You can. You've still got a couple of weeks left to join our competition. Just send us an email saying how long you think we've rabbited it on about Coronation Street since and episode one up until well, a couple of episodes ago. And the closest guest wins a year's subscription. And you can also let us know if you're a Rebecca or not. And if you're not, or well, do not worry. We will accept people that change their names by deep poll. But this Rebecca... What if they are not Rebecca, but they identify as Rebecca? That's fine too. Okay. Um, so this Rebecca is Rebecca Hartman. She is, Thank yes. you very much. Thank you very much for your support. We hope that you enjoy our um, many, many... Over, over the over number long. of fingers I've got, <laughs> Patreon episodes. We've got like sixteen. So one day we're going to get over the number of fingers and toes that I've got. Yeah. And then that coming up soon. A couple of months time. <laughs> right, we are done for tonight. Thank you everybody for bar- listening. Now I can barely speak. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll end. I'll end this. I'll sign us out. So guys, if you would like to send us an email for Patreon competition yes. or otherwise, then we are conversationstreet at gmail.com. I do love seeing the emails pop in. It's Share always your good. experience. Yeah, oh yeah, do. Anything like of, that. Or, yeah. or when we get to next Friday after the episode's done, you send in what you thought about the week. Love it. And you know what? The one thing about this is that I feel like that you were saying earlier about like issues stuff and you felt like you said the wrong things, but in no way when we started this podcast were we thinking that we would no, be sitting here and talking about week, really it? sensitive political topics that uh, that mean lots to people and that we don't know that much about so i didn't thank sign you. up for this really really thank you for your patience and grace in listening to some things that often you know could be could be wrong or like assumptions that we've made but just know that um yeah this was supposed to be a show about um a program that like you know had people falling through the ceiling in a hot tub 
and um, like it's beating up status quo. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be about serious stuff, but it kind of really, really got there it's quite fast. Into it hasn't it a little I bit? I think we were a bit naive. Yeah, um, but we should have seen it coming. It's really it's, the, the, when we when we the, the week we started, it was going on about surrogacy. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. See, look. Hot topic. So I'm really glad that we've gone and kind of gone on this journey, I think, with lots of people that listen. Yeah, yeah, And it's really exciting to share share it and to hear people. And really, I really love the fact that um, listeners can write in it and totally change my opinion about something and share their experience. And also that not everybody agrees with each other. If you would like to share your tips on how to change Gemma's opinion on things, please share them secretly with me because I'd like to know. What what am I... What's wrong that I've said? (laughs) Nothing. I just like What's to be my... able to win an argument with you for once in my life. What what arguments have we had that you think you should have won? None. Exactly. Let's finish this. <laughs> Conversationstreet.podbean.com is our, is our web address. <laughs> you can go there for podcast stuff like all of our back episodes, I will for example. That I can be wrong in theory only. <laughs> you can give us an iTunes review. That would be lovely. No, don't bother You can bother follow anymore. us on Instagram, Twitter, anymore. Spotify. Facebook, join our Facebook group. It's lovely. We've spoken a lot about that this evening. And don't forget, we have a YouTube channel this week. We uploaded an old character profile yes. of Lucille Hewitt to tie in with the, the teen theme that's swinging around in Coronation Nobody Street can hold a candle to Lucille Hewitt. If you think you're a, a, a gadfly young gadfly? girl about town with your fancy floofs and your nice little chokers, you, you, she was a go-go dancer, so don't even come at me. You can't compete. That is it. You're <laughs> right, Gemma. So, I, so I right. know, I know, I know. Thank, thank you, you for listening, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye now. Bye. Gemma's going to say goodbye now. And the music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com.